and welcome back to HCS Weekly. I felt like, yo, this is my life. I have to go pro in Halo. In my head, thought that that was more efficient, and I guess I was right. He was like the god. We would have to 2v1, like, just to beat this guy. Like, <laughs> I don't know, man. I was trying to reach you. You're like, oh, see you guys later. A lot of Halo in my life, man. It's been a, it's been a fun journey. I love it. Hello, and welcome back to HCS Weekly, your weekly destination for all things HCS. Today's episode is a special episode. We're going to be interviewing Saiyan today, who's a great pro player. We've had him on previously as well, but the focus of this episode is going to be kind of unique. We're looking at our Halo Infinite wish list. We're talking about absolutely everything, and I mean everything. I have a massive list here about what we want to see in the next Halo title. So get ready, guys, for a massive discussion, and make sure you stay tuned, because at the very end, we're going to have a live Q&A. So you can ask questions, you can add your own information, and just keep this discussion going. It's going to be a great time. Of course, if you're also here, we are giving away our grassroots skin and nameplate as well. Make sure to type exclamation mark grassroots in the chance for your chance in the chat for your chance to win the contest. I'm getting all tongue-tied already. And we have our news segment for today, but unfortunately, Matty Rums is not here, apparently. He's got some issues with the house back at home, so I will be reading the news off for the first time. Thankfully, we've got a bit of a light news week here, but let's get right into that before we jump into our Trick Jump segment. Our news updates for today, we've got DreamHack Dallas photos. These are taken by Muggsy. I haven't seen these yet. Tony, do you have these? Can I see these? Oh, here we go. There's Frosty BB. How's he doing? These are some nice photos taken by Muggsy. They're available at haloesports.smugmug.com. Halo of course, all this information is available on noobcombo.com as well. We got the Roy Borg there also. I'm sure we have a couple other uh, nice photos we could jump between. And I know previously we had David Doran come on the, uh, the show as well. I highly recommend you check out his photos as well. He's got some great photos on Flickr of all the Halo events. So hopefully we see more of his stuff in the near future as well. Uh, Europa Halo June power rankings are available now. We've got first is Legends, second is Sika, and third is Thur, 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 <laughs> Here it is on the screen right there. You can see the power rankings. Is Batchford not in there? Batchford's slacking. I'm not sure where he's at. I know he's been grinding Halo 3 a lot previously, so maybe he's uh, trying to make his way in that game for now. Uh, but this does not include players on previous month's rankings uh, that did not compete in this month's tournament. Uh, the next tournament is the Summer SWAT Off, which is this Saturday. Also available, the information is on noobcombo.com. The Halo 3, sorry, Halo Bowl 3 has been announced as well, and there's going to be a graphic for that right there. It's a 4v4 tournament featuring members from different Halo podcasts, Drunken Halo, Podtacular, Podcast Evolved, HCS Pro Talk, Gaming Under Fire, and Halo Conversationalists. And yes, they asked us at HCS Weekly if we wanted to be a part of it. My bad, guys, at the HCS Weekly team. I never told you. Uh, he sent me a direct like DM, and I uh, I said yes, and then I didn't fully think. Yeah, Tony just says, wow. <laughs> Honestly, I, he said yes, and I kind of, I'm just a yes man sometimes without thinking about it. I said, yeah, sure, I'll make it, and I didn't realize how it was structured. Apparently, I needed to put together like a full four squad, so I guess it would have had to have been me, and then Tony, I guess you, and Maddie Rums, and clearly, that probably would have been the, the squad right there, but... I'm not sure if we can still figure it out. Anyway, it looks like uh, they've got that set up. It's hosted, streamed by Mudcat at Mixer.com slash Mudcat. We've got uh, Benefits Gamers outre Outreach as well. There's 7K raised to date and 4K goal for this tournament as well. So pretty incredible. It's just it's helping out in so many different areas. Uh, God damn it. Is that clearly saying God damn it? <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'll, I'll go back and talk to them. Maybe we can still shove ourselves in there uh, last second. Uh, it's June 22nd, so literally this weekend, 5 p.m. Eastern. 
once again, more info at DukeCombo.com. We've got tournament results as well. Uh, this week's tournaments, we've got the Carolina Gaming League Halo 3 2v2 results. Uh, first place was Shotzi and Fallicated. Nice to see them competing there. Their team name is IC. Uh, second place, Rat Pack, Tusk, and Gun Type. Third place was Ballsack. Sweet. Uh, Dragonite and Heaven coming in third place right there. Uh, and we have Breaking the Clutch, Halo Wars E-League June open results as well. First place was Hero Absolution. Second was EXO Kaboom. And third was Flame Pyman. So more events happening with uh, Breaking the Clutch. Uh, speaking of events, we've got some events this week. Of course, coming up Saturday, June 22nd, is the Halo Project Basil H5 FFA. And then, like previously mentioned, we have the SWAT Nation Summer SWAT Off as well. So that'll wrap up all the news for this week. We'll be back next week with Matty Rums, and he can help me through the new segment, so I don't got to read it off first glance just like this. But let's jump into our next segment for the day. I'm excited to welcome Clearly Me with our Trick Jump of the Week. How's it going, Clearly? It's going good, man. How are you doing? Nice to see you. Am I frozen? Am I just yes, like you... sitting here? Can you hear my voice? But I'm just sitting there frozen. Guys, yeah. I can't I can't see it until now. Now I see a frozen picture of myself with like a half. Yeah. How do we fix this? Is this my bad, Tony? I, I don't know. I don't know. You are frozen in time, but I can hear you just fine. This is so. OK, so I'm going to just talk to you clearly without. All right. What we will do is we'll finish the. Uh... Did I disconnect? OK, we'll finish uh, the trick jump and then we'll we'll. I'll get out and come back in, and then we'll try it again with saying, clearly can handle it solo. All right, clearly, uh, what do we got? Show me the trick jump of the week. All right. Oh, we got a trick jump on Guardian this week. Um, it is a simple little edge. So on top green here. Um, but there's this little crease on the tree um, that I'm smacking and you momentarily tap the crouch button and jump at the same time and that allows you to momentarily in time run and jump towards the tree and continue to the spot where I am currently. Now um, as far as a tutorial for this, I, um, I don't really plan on releasing a tutorial for this specific jump. I do have a lot of other tutorials for jumps that are particularly just like this, so I don't feel the need to uh, go full depth. But if you guys would like to see more trick jumps just like this, uh, follow me at MCC Trick Jumps. That's on Twitter and also on YouTube. I am um, a lot more engaged on Twitter than I am YouTube, just to forewarn you guys. I also have a Discord server uh, dedicated to the whole trick jump community for Halo CE all the way through Halo 5. Um, we have a ton of members in there dedicated to the trick jump community and um, if you guys want to hop in to um, request any help for a particular jump or things of that nature um, myself and others uh, will be able to jump in and help you um, I will be posting links to the discord server on mixer and on twitch here after my segment is over um, and I see Alexander coming back in here there he is am I here am I good <laughs> yes, am I frozen <laughs> no you're good did I miss it can we show it one more time yeah go ahead go right ahead what do we got? What do we got? Got a uh, edge ghost right here on top green on Guardian. Okay. Snap here and boom, right up here. Damn, you're almost out of the map. 
I, I saw something like this. I think Snakebite did something similar to this, but I don't think he got this high. I think he just used it as like a temporary jump above the, like, I think he was on like this part, right? No, no, no. It was, must've been like a lower point and he got above a player behind him. You're way up in there. Mm -hmm. And this, of course, you can just take advantage of in a regular competitive game, I'm assuming. Well, you could, but I'm sure probably in a legal, not like a, in a, in a competitive, you know, um, environment, I'm sure it's probably not a legal spot to be in. Right. Um, but, you know, if you're just messing around in Social Slayer, you know, playing Team Snipers or something, it'd be a great little spot to get in, for sure. Somewhere in matchmaking. Yeah, if you just want to have some fun. Is yeah. there, like, a specific trick? Like, what, what would you say is the hardest point in this jump to really master? It's a, it's a tap-crouch method. Um, so there's this little crease I'm smacking, if Tony could roll the first person one more time. Okay. There's this... Um, a little crease that I'm smacking right here, and you have to tap, crouch, and jump at the same exact time, but also you have to run um, towards the tree while you're jumping. It's a little confusing, but... Okay. Yeah, you, you see that little crease right there? You tap, crouch, and jump at the same time, and you're able to momentarily run and jump off of it. It's tough to spot these things. You, like, yeah. you must have an eye for it that you kind of... <laughs> like, right, I guess right there, the, the vertex right there mm -hmm. is kind of where you're going for yeah, and basically right. just the way this game works, man, is anything that you can smack your head on that has at least somewhat of a sharp curvature to it where you can see the indention, um, you're able to jump off of it, basically. Right, right. Yeah. And now now that you've been uh, navigating all these maps, you're just a master at seeing these patterns, I'm, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Going on, let's see here. Started in 2004, so yeah, going on like 15 years doing this. Oh my God. <laughs> and I know you still, last week we talked about this secret jump that you have that's apparently insane and we got to wait a whole year for it. Yes. That's, that's still happening? <laughs> of course, man. In the background? Okay. Yes, sir. Well, I'm doing that, uh, that community video um, where anybody can submit clips to this thing. And um, I'm also working on a uh, solo project. So all the clips that I have of myself within this community video, I'm releasing a solo project of all my clips from that video. Um, and I'm going to be posting that after the community video. Um, which unfortunately I will be finishing this uh, solo video before the community video, so I'll have this nicely edited video I can't release for half a year. Right. I don't know. I don't know how you're holding out on that. Like I said, I wonder if somebody's going to find it, but apparently it's just one. It, like nobody's going to get this job. This is like the most secret. It's uh, it's so ridiculous that it's I'm, ridiculous. Eh? I'm not even. Uh, Does it involve pylons? Nope. Can you? Can you? No pylons. This it is time. completely okay. unaided completely unaided okay i'm excited man I, I can't wait to see what it is uh and i can't wait to see what you come up with it in mcc uh pc of course as well uh mm -hmm. of course as usual where can everybody find you how can we get involved with the trick jumping community that's going to be um at mcc trick jumps that's on twitter and on youtube um and i already told everybody about my discord server which i will be linking again on mixer and on on uh, twitch after my segment is over awesome yeah well, thank you so much once again, man, for the new trick jump. Looking forward to seeing what you have in store next week. I'll see you around. Thanks, man. I'll see you. See you. All right, that closes our news and our trick jump for the week. I'm excited to bring on our guest. Coming on for a second time, welcome Saiyan to the live stream. Saiyan, how's it going, hey, how's man? How's it going? How's it going? Good. Going good, going good. Nice to see you. Sorry Glad about the... Yeah, I don't know what happened. Apparently, I'm, like, lagging. I dropped out. Hopefully, none of that that happens. We start the the real kind of show and, and interview now i wanted to get an update on how things were going with you as well apparently you've been doing some traveling uh oh yeah made my way out to uh the dreamhack dallas 
just for is. the uh, not even just the weekend, but I definitely was there, of course, primarily for the uh, the H three tournament. But stay there an extra few days just to sightsee a little bit. So it was nice to nice to not be there just for the three days and explore the city that I'm actually traveling to. Because even though we get to be in the city as a competitor, we never really get to just sightsee. Not really. We don't have yeah. the time to. So it was very nice just to just to walk around, check things right. out. Right. And yeah, I completely agree. Even when it comes to like casting, like I'll tell people, oh yeah, I'm traveling over. Actually, you know what? The Texas, Austin, Texas event was pretty sick. We got to do a little bit of walking around and exploring like South by Southwest. But mm -hmm. usually it's like, oh, I'm going out to St. Louis and it sounds exciting, but really you're just going to like a convention center in the middle yep. of nowhere. It might as well be like any anywhere in the world. It's not yeah, really like, pretty much. yeah, you don't pretty get much. to really enjoy the environment. So good that you got to. And I guess you were just a spectator for DreamHack Dallas. How did that feel? Kind of not yeah. competing? Uh, it definitely... Once I was there watching the Saturday, Sunday games when it was heating up, it was yeah. definitely like, man, I, I just want to be competing again. I even told my girlfriend that. I was like, just watching. It's just like, I want to be on that stage making the right. plays right now. But it, it's still great to just at least spectate and watch the people that know how to play the game very well. It's, it's, such, it's very exciting. No matter which Halo it is, I still enjoy it very much. So it was, it was a great experience just being a spectator this time. Are you really close with any of the guys there? Like you go way back with some people. I know you and Trippy were pretty close. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I really, of course, as a spectator or as a competitor, and I know this. Whenever you're there, you're there for the game. So right. I got to take some moments and say hi, and maybe give somebody a hug and talk to them for a few minutes. But uh, they're there to play the game and try right. and win the tournament. So it, uh, I was able to catch up mainly with the people that are producing, or just some people from three four three, like Tashi, for example, who was there uh just to sort of be there for the event and just catch up a little bit so right. it was it was a good visit in a way awesome back. right so i guess it's not like a total backstage pass like you get back there you're right behind the your you know yeah. your old teammates backs and, and no. watching them play no it's uh not this time not gotta this give time. them some space yeah 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 um and not only that though it looks like you're doing a little bit more traveling as well because apparently you just signed up for halo outpost discovery yep However, I am in the Orlando area, so it's just right on my right on my back door. So okay. probably be another 20, 30 minute drive, but it's just down the road for me basically. No real travel days or anything like that, but I'm yeah. excited to check it out and see what they have to offer. Cause I, I really don't know. I didn't expect it to be a three day event, basically. Right. Almost like how uh, a competition is. It's like an entire weekend and there's different you know, the competition revs up, but I I thought it was just gonna be like you get a one-day pass, and each day is the same thing for three days. But yeah. maybe they have more things in store each day. So excited to see what's up. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, any idea what they're going to have there? Because, yeah, I don't know either. I don't think they've shown much content. They kind of talked about it. I think there's, like, a VR yeah. experience or something yeah. as well. So yeah. some pretty cool cool stuff to look forward to there. Uh, should be exciting. I wish it was in Canada. None of it's in Canada. Hopefully, if it, like, totally pops off and they like the idea, maybe they can put some more in, in Canada yeah. at some point in the future. But definitely a, a really cool initiative there. Uh, the other big thing was we just had E3, of course. Uh, E3 yep. was a very exciting event overall. Before we get into the Halo Infinite, like, trailer that we got to see, what did you think of the Xbox conference? Did you catch the whole conference? Was there anything specifically um, you're looking forward to? Yeah, I... I I definitely checked out the entire conference. I was streaming it or co-streaming it, is the way mm. they put it, and I was watching just about everything. Uh, I would say there are some things that caught my eye, of course, like everybody. Cyberpunk 2077, that's the one other big title that everyone's very much looking forward to. And uh, sadly, most of the games had no gameplay or very right. little to go off of besides just uh, some cutscenes. Uh, 
but nonetheless, still gets you pumped. And Gears Five looks great. I saw I, afterwards. I saw some gameplay, and it looks looks like Gears. Looks good. I mean, more of what people love. So uh, those are probably the two games on my mind currently. Besides that, I don't really remember too much. And then of yeah. course, Halo Infinite. You think Gears looks good? I, I was actually going to ask you about Gears. I'm a little worried about Gears 5. I don't know if you've seen some of the gameplay. Like, uh, all, I, all I've really seen of is just that mode that they talked about. Mainly right. just the aspect of that mode I think is interesting. Uh, yeah. Hopefully it didn't take uh, take over the Horde mode or whatever other modes they, they've had in the past. And hopefully it's just more, not just taking away and then adding, but just adding even more some to that. I think it's interesting and something that's new. Yeah. I could definitely innovate a little bit. Hopefully that that piques somebody's interest in some audience for the uh, Gears community. But uh, I'm definitely going to be looking forward to seeing some just actual gameplay because I have not seen any actual gameplay. I don't know if they showed that of like multiplayer. I haven't seen everything yet. I know they had a sit down with IGN where he was talking. Uh, Rod Ferguson was saying that this Gears game, they're not playing it safe, quote unquote. And for some reason, it feels like they're playing it safer than they ever have. I, I don't know. Like, it seems very similar to Gears 4. Apparently, they toned down the gore, which I feel like should have got toned up. They uh, they have health bars above the locusts in that specific game type. I don't know if it's across the game. And the, the Crimson Omen, when you take damage, just doesn't look as good anymore. But anyway, this is not a Gears show, but I, yeah. I just, I'm just i a little worried, a little worried about the, the, the reception from Gears. People are saying it looks kind of like Judgment, which is not, it's not a good thing. Yeah. Um, well, just but, off that mode uh, in particular, it's really hard to pass any real judgment right now so we'll just right. have to wait and see that's fair that's fair of course uh the main reveal of the show was halo infinite and we didn't get gameplay i know we were a lot a lot of us were expecting gameplay but what did you think of what was shown so far uh so i've talked about this a few times and i will say i was not expecting gameplay like i wasn't looking forward to multiplayer gameplay i didn't think that was realistic however uh i'll just say trailer we got it's good the just the look of Chief, and I basically, I guess they announced that, that this was like the first cutscene, or this is like the first mission cutscene, or something like that. Right. Apparently, looks great, and we all knew it would look great. And yes, looks great. Chief looks great. Uh, some people have different opinions, as myself. There's some little things here and there, but looks awesome. I mean, the engine looks amazing. Uh, Content-wise, though, and what we know, I, I was saying this before. I feel like there's nothing too much that we could really grasp onto there's no like we got the development of like the pilot for example you see on screen and it's like that's right. great it's a character but like what's his name why is he there what's happening like i want to know at least a little bit more of like obviously he shows us oh we lost here's the ring it's messed up like that's something sure. but i feel like in the development now the, the sort of marketing campaign needs to be hitting a little bit harder with what they're dishing out i feel like they're still a little too conservative in my opinion yeah and i i feel like at this point even though, even though they're not going to be able to show gameplay, they should be able to show something more. Mm -hmm. And what I said was, like, at least show maybe some weapons, some grunts, some elites, just the enemy, Cortana, yeah. anything like that, where at least it just... I feel like this this is just enough to get people hyped. And it's like, no matter what was shown, if you like Halo, people are going to be hyped no matter what. Right. People are going to like what they saw, at least just because they saw Chief. It's like, that's great, but how are we going to get people even more excited? Like, what can they see that brings them in more yeah yeah than just seeing chief and that yeah. really was what the trailer was was just chief and it's like that's okay not bad i feel like they could have done a little bit more
you're right. They didn't necessarily have to show gameplay. If they took it a, like just a step farther and they put the BR, a new bottle of the BR, yeah. and it looked kind of like the H3 BR or something, looked friggin' sick. Like people would be popping off about that, or show a couple enemies or something, like you said. Yeah. I, I understand the safe choice in not showing gameplay yet, yeah. considering we're a year out from release. Yeah, and absolutely. if they show one sprint mechanic or thrust or something like that, then the internet's going to be on, on two sides and we're going to be arguing, whatever it is. It's just a discussion start and they can't bring follow-up information and content yeah. immediately with just considering how far out they are from uh from the release so yeah, a bit yeah. of a yeah a safe approach there i feel like the biggest thing was just kind of the precedent they were trying to set with the trailer and the coupled waypoint article as well just trying to say that we're we're kind of back for the fans we're bringing it back to the classic chief that you know and love uh and the sounds as well getting that like kind of iconic shield recharge sound mm -hmm. and having that yep. come back so that's exciting it's it's a little interesting though because it kind of of begs this narrative that the entire game is going to go back take that shift back to classic mm -hmm. but campaign what we've seen here may be very different for multiplayer so yeah. we're still kind of in that dark uh area there uh now apparently the chief looks good but he's almost perfect you retweeted something recently about a bit of a, a design change on chief what do you think about this yeah they got rid so of that, his color yeah that's what i was talking about it's like i don't even mind the color of what chief looks like i think he looks great like the design i said myself i think it looks awesome like it's back to that original art style and that just look of chief and he looks like a badass yeah uh, it's just the i don't know if it's just the texture of the rendering maybe it's still a little too early but it's just i i feel like whenever i see it in that darker form i can see more details more scuff marks like the light bouncing off in certain areas that just sort of uh, it just feels like i can see more detail whenever i'm looking at the yeah. what we got i can see the one scuffed mark on his chest but i feel like that's it and yeah it's just like that detail that layer to his armor that i feel like is kind of missing and mm -hmm. i don't even think like that like i said it's not the color itself that's just uh, that's just more like the small finer details to sure. the armor that i feel like is somewhat missing but it's, like i said it's very small it's very nitpicky but it's like yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I i'm pleased enough to at least see a great looking chief in that way and then Definitely. it's still chief so Definitely. I think the big difference is kind of just like a gritty realism that comes with having it in that darker shade. And I see I see how you, like people like that, though. I find the bright color is kind of a nice homage to classic chief. I think yeah. that's what they're going for is like everything about it, even though it's not really kind of what is realistic or whatever it is. Maybe he pops a little more. Yeah. But it really shows the fans like, damn, that's a bright green chief. That's the, you know, the Halo one chief right there. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Perfectly fine of... with that color. It's like yeah. I said, it's not yeah. even just the color or style of design it's just the detail and the right it right. feels like it it looked it literally looked like a plastic block in some areas just because there wasn't any there wasn't right. much else to it like looking at his like chest the shoulder pads and yeah stuff the shoulder too. pads and stuff it's like uh, it just looks i don't know it, it looks just tacked on and mm -hmm. not like worn in in, in a way that makes yeah, sense sure. like there, it doesn't feel like that or it doesn't look like it, it's a piece of armor to me mm -hmm. for most of it at least i don't know yeah. Especially because he just came out of, boards. yeah, yeah, and he just came out of floating in space, like full of chunks of chip and stuff around him, and he, he's yeah. in relatively pristine condition apart from the uh, the, the chest yeah. scratches. But yeah, yeah, I feel you. Uh, so as far as uh, today's interview, though, last time we had you on, we uh, you went over your, went over your history as a as a competitor, both entering competitive Halo Five and then quickly becoming a top player, making your way into some of the best teams in the league. Uh, you then jumped over to Halo Three briefly. You were playing for Elevate Elevate at the time of the uh, interview, but you since stepped away from your competitive grind. And now for for now at least, you're on a different grind. You're part of the HCS Grassroots program. Congratulations on that, man. Tell yeah, me a bit you. about 
about what you've been up to these days with the content, you seem to have things down to a very dedicated, organized system, and you picked up a lot of traction so far. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I've been getting, I even tweeted it out last night after my stream, my most recent stream. I feel like my numbers and support just entirely from every front has been <clears throat> picking up a lot more. And I, I said it at the very beginning, I, I figured there was a lack in content and someone that was very much like the face of at least Halo 5 for now, even though it's still, right. of course, not as popular. Uh, just because people have stepped away and now the comp like the comp competition has moved to back to Halo 3. Uh, someone I felt like could fill that void and I thought that was me. And at least now I'm very dedicated, like you mentioned, with the schedules. And even though maybe there's a day here and there where I get sure. on a little bit later or I just miss completely, I'm at least still on four to five times a week. And I feel like that consistency is what uh, really has garnered the support and honestly it's made me enjoy the game even more making content just like that drive to like entertain right now and uh even though like that competitive desire is still there to compete it's like uh nothing was really setting me up for the future just competing in halo 3 maybe still placing top eight top six right I feel like i maybe could have i think i could have been at the top of eight halo 3 if i had the team had the time i would have put in the time of course right but the sort of result the reward for putting in all that effort, I feel like in the long run won't match up to building my brand, building up this dedicated sort of community that I'm trying to garner with the modern Halo right now, because obviously there's a lot of support, immense right. support for classic Halo. So uh -huh. it's like, we need everybody on board for the future. It can't just be one or the other. It has to be everybody, no matter how the finished product is for Infinite. It's like, let's just get as many people hype and suited for whatever Halo comes in the future. Yeah. And they have content somewhere somehow from anybody yeah whatever game i like the business mindset here there's a little more to it right you're like halo 5 is a bit of a blue ocean right now so i'm gonna you know try to be the face of halo 5 you are kind of the main pro player that's still playing it too like yeah. you're your top level player and you're still playing it like dedicated playing it so you're hitting some of the nicest clips as well C totally dominating the space right now i think you're averaging like at least 100 viewers most of the time like you're, you're breaking that 100 cap a lot which is pretty excellent to see. And yeah, like you said, the schedule, I think that's one of the biggest things. You're like the same time every day. What's the schedule right now? Uh, just about. I had like for a while, it was in between. I was starting like five or six and then like uh, there was more days where I was getting on later. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to cut five or six o'clock. So then I swap it to seven sure. o'clock. Now I still want to try and be on around seven, but I still usually get on around 7.30 or eight o'clock. I usually want to be off by midnight. However, more recently, I've been extending the time even later just because I'm enjoying it. I'm getting a lot of support. A lot of people are in the stream, so it's like, why get off when I have 120 people or however right. many people watching me? I should keep it going so that yeah. they come back again. Um, so usually it's that 7 to 8 o'clock uh, hour, like that period um, that I'm trying to get on. And then five days a week, I take Tuesdays and Saturdays off primarily. Yeah, I really do think that's one of the biggest things. Of course, like the talent speaks for itself. You're very well spoken as well, and you entertain the viewers. But just the consistency of being on at that like same time or within that same bracket yeah. of time for five days a week. I know I think you've like two days that you take off. Um, I think that's that's like so huge because people expect to see you at that time. They come on, you have a consistent viewership, and then that like keeps building yep. from there. Um, and of course, it, it wouldn't just be the stream if you didn't have stream highlights as well. So you're also posting on YouTube now, and that's happening regularly. Yep. How does that work out? Uh, so YouTube is kind of in a weird spot right now because okay. I put so much more effort really with the streams and being right. much more consistent with that. However, I've been trying to at least 
like I I made I talked to my editor his oh bump I'll give him a shout, shout out shout out to bump yeah 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 he he does good work and we try and talk about some stuff here and there about video topics and uh, what kind of schedule we can maybe work on I try to tell him that I want to try and maybe do like a sort of like tip video or something that's a little bit more direct content and then having stream highlights maybe every two weeks or something mm -hmm. like that uh kind of still a little loose because it it does fall on me to then take even more time out to start recording right. these videos so it's it, it comes on me for slacking a little bit here and there but that's usually what i tr want to try and do is one to two videos mainly one video a week and i was talking about just to give you guys a heads up that i'm going to try and maybe start doing like hcs map breakdowns okay uh, in the future for halo 5 for all of the hcs maps and make it sort of like a series so stuff like that where i record Maybe uh, if it, if it's gonna release on like a Tuesday, I'll record Saturday or something like that, and then right, pumpkin edit, and then it's up, and then next week do the same thing, and then maybe have an extra upload of stream highlights or whatever else comes to mind uh, if I get it recorded. So that's currently sort of like a flimsy schedule. It's not too solidified yet. Okay. I'm still trying to trying to figure out my mojo with the with the YouTube content. Right, right. It's kind of a tough space to break into, too, uh, especially when it's like uh, just Twitch highlights as well. You yeah. do need to have that variety of content and you've yeah. already got like such a rigid schedule for the Twitch. So it's like, how do you work in the other stuff around it? So I understand that. Before we talk about that a little more, let's show some of these highlights. because Some of these are pretty damn crazy, dude. Uh, Tony, he's got three that will play back to back with audio. And then after they all play, we'll talk about it while they continue to kind of play over. Yeah, sure. Wow, you are so greedy. Holy fuck. God. No. Oh my God. No. Oh, that was so sick. Though. Oh my God. No. Dude, come on. It was all there. And I wish that everything was oh, oh, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. No! Crazy though, thank like you, some. Okay, how are you hitting some of these snipes? Even if you, Tony, replay that first clip real quick. I just want to point something out. Okay, look at the situation. He gets this kill. Watch how long he waits to thrust. Watch the guy. He's at a total disadvantage, but the guy thrusts before him. The enemy player thrusts before you. That's one of the biggest things I think about your gameplay that a lot of people like don't take into consideration is you're just like hitting your shots and strafing from a dis. Like you have a disadvantage, but you're patient that entire time and you force the other player to thrust first, and then you still win that fight, uh, even though you totally should have lost it. Like, yeah, yeah, and, and then you just go and hit these clips. So I mean, what's going on when, when you do this stuff? Like, do you have any tips? So uh, I would say, especially with what you brought up. In particular, it's very much uh, what you'll notice is people like to thrust, and generally it's good to thrust in your fights. However, if you're in a disadvantage, you should almost never be thrusting. Just rely on your strafe and your shot to get you through it. And obviously, if you're in a disadvantage, it's like you're not expecting to win that fight anyway. But as you'll see, I wait until he thrusts. All right, now he's in a very, very easy situation for me to just clean him up. Because if you thrust and I wait to thrust 
Now you're going to be off. You're off centered. Now I'm changing my direction, but I know exactly where you're going and you have no thrust to save you at that point because you already wasted it. So uh, always try and manage your thrust to use it as the, like that, uh, that backup. Be this last person to do it if you can. Sometimes you can use it first, but I'd recommend being that second person in the fight, the last person in the fight to utilize it because that's why I feel like I can outgun these people and continue some streaks of uh, some shots and whatnot because I'm coming out on top on fights I shouldn't, but it's because I'm managing my utilities much better than the people I'm fighting against. Mm -hmm. And of course, it's tough to hit those shots in those situations. So I guess if people are in those situations, maybe not even thinking about the thrust and taking a couple deaths, just focusing on your ability to strafe and shot and shoot under that kind of pressure until you can kind of get used to maybe saving the thrust till the end of the gunfight. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, yep. uh, yeah, because there's a lot of patience and confidence required in that one situation right there before you even pick up the sniper. Um, yep, yeah, I would definitely say it's uh, it's almost just a habit where I developed where I'm just thinking, all right, I'm strafing and I'm shooting and I'm going to try my best to probably throw in the crouch strafe, of course, everyone right. does. <laughs> but, <laughs> however, I really just make sure that once I see that thrust, all right, I'm using my thrust. I really don't wait much longer, but right. it's just sort of a habit. Like, if I see someone thrust, then I'm thrusting, and it's that's yeah. sort of the pickup. I'm not thinking about my shots. I'm not thinking about, oh, I, I just hit four shots. I should thrust now. It's just I'm waiting and uh, in anticipation. Mm -hmm. I pretty much do it. I would say in most of my fights, unless like there's very specific situations where you can thrust earlier and yep. come out on top. But that's generally the tip I'd I'd say is making sure you're the last one to do it. Yeah. And when it comes to those snipes, though, uh, sorry, Tony, maybe even to just bring it back, I find something that's so difficult to do, especially when you're using your right stick to aim down sight, is quick scoping. Like, you're hitting some very accurate quick scopes. I think a big part of it is how close the reticle is to the enemy when you do scope in. Yep. But look at this last one right here. Like, anything that you could say, and it's probably really hard to explain what's going on here, but how do you snap on and quick scope like that right there? Maybe even just that period of time before you took the shot where you're kind of lining it up in your head or... Yeah, it's just that anticipation of, well, of course I didn't anticipate him to be there, but once I did know where he was, I'm not swiping all around. I just try and center my aim uh, as close as I can to where a person's head will be, which it was. And then you quick scope, and I feel like from there on, he just walks into it. I'm really not using my right stick that much. I barely tap the stick just to at least align myself close to him, and then he walks right into it. So it's uh, it's very much the... The lining up the pre-aim that uh, is a big effect on how well and how consistent you can land these kind of shots right yeah so a lot of it comes down to the aim before you scope in where you've set that reticle that was pretty nuts too yeah so that that no scope right there as i mentioned it's just i barely tap my right walked stick. into it yeah, yeah. You just i shoot right, right as i'm going right around the corner and he he's just standing right inside of it yeah if you go to the eating clip as well i like how you take uh some of these angles if you <laughs> jump over the next clip uh, right after this guy. Uh, there you go. And then for the second kill right here, see the specific spot that you're standing in where you know that you're cutting off the angle on top of the uh, the fan, so you're forcing a player to come around the fan or drop down, and that's a situation where they probably wouldn't have their reticle ready for a gunfight, whereas if they're standing on the fan and scoping in, they're ready for you to come around the corner. So you kind of yeah. force them into the situation where they can't they have to react quickly. They're not expecting that snipe to come in. So I like the spot that you're standing in, very specific, the location of your reticle. Like a lot of that, uh, these are the types of things I think really kind of go into this play. This is just... You just shit on him so hard. Yeah. 
Yeah, the whipping the no scopes in this game is definitely a very particular skill at the highest level. Like almost all the pros have to, you have to have a decent enough snipe, and I've done it enough now that I, I'm very confident in hitting these no scopes. Just there's there's just certain there's just a certain feel that you acquire once you do it enough, and that's what I'd recommend if you want to ever try and get better at hitting these no scopes. It's just you have to start taking those shots, and you have to go for it. I mean, there's I yeah. hit that one sick clip, but there's probably 10,000 other snipes I missed beforehand going for those kind of no-scopes. But as long as you just try and attempt it, you just, yeah. you, you learn, you lose, and then you learn from then on. Yeah. Sorry, Tony. Uh, one more time with the that, that no-scope there. I'm loving the deep analysis dive here. I got one more thing about it. because uh, And this is, I, I point this, pointed this out multiple times on my channel, but it's also the little adjustments that you make to put yourself in that. So go back to the eating clip, if you can back it up to the no scope right before that right yeah right here watch the two adjustments is one two like so there's you kind of put it you set it within a range where you know you can confidently make that flick work so right there that adjustment and where yep. you're kind of taking that time to react to his position where his head is i feel like that's a big part of it too but yeah there's definitely just kind of a skill that comes with it and a lot of practice and yeah so really with that sort of uh that what you mentioned right there is very good is I set my reticle up high enough because I see him jumping, but I'm waiting to see if he thrusts, and he's not thrusting, out, and he's landing more shots, so it's like, all right, I'm going for the shot. But I make the adjustment so that I barely have to touch that stick right? Uh, enough yeah. because I, it's just those micro-movements that you really have to manage if you're, going, if you're trying to become a much better player. Uh, you have to be able to make these small adjustments, and that's what secures those kind of snipes and even pistol shots primarily. Yeah. Because, of course, that's what we use most of the time. That, but that's what that is, is those very, very small adjustments. But setting yourself up so that it's the easiest route to getting those kind of, uh, those kind of shots with the angles yeah. uh, that you're preparing your reticle for. Yeah, just kind of like the farther that you have to flick that reticle, the harder it's going to be to land that shot in that kind of yep. quick scenario. Yeah, Love so. that, man. Uh, do you have your controller on you nearby? I know you have a little yes, video on your Twitch. You guys, if you type exclamation <laughs> mark claw on Saiyan's live stream, you can see his claw and how he has it set up. But I'm going to bug him here and, and see how you got it set up. Okay. So I'll turn around a little bit for this. So okay. hold the controller. It's a standard controller. Yeah. Standard controller. Middle finger, of course, huh. going right here. It doesn't lay like this, kind of like halfway on. Middle yeah, finger is usually probably hovering around the Y. And then use all utility here. Go to the bumper and whatnot. And then always have free reign on the sticks. Never take yeah. it off. Because I'm playing bumper jumper, of course. Which I recommend those of you that might play default or some other, some other setting that requires you to take your thumb off the stick for any yeah. reason. Does your full thumb cover the right stick like entirely? Or are you more on the edge uh, of it? I would say it pretty much covers it entirely. My, I would say my finger usually is inside the circle. Yeah. Trying to get a view. Yeah, I would say it's usually inside the circle, the way uh -huh. it is. Maybe laying a little bit flatter. Yeah, kind of like that, I'd say. I it's can't not... seem to find a specific, like, there's no, you know how, like, if you're holding a racket in tennis, it's like, this is the form, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, but when it comes to gaming, there isn't, because everybody has different thumbs, so they're all yeah. kind of doing, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would yeah. say whatever's more comfortable or most comfortable for you, as long as you just have full control over it, because I just feel like that's yeah. what's most comfortable for me. I can move it around any which direction and, I, it's just what's comfortable for me. So that's something for each individual to figure out, I'd say. Definitely. Yeah. 
all comes with the time and energy that you put into the game, of course. Um, and then as far as going back to the uh, the live streaming here, how do you enjoy it so far? I mean, of course, the viewership and the consistency and stuff is all nice, but like, do you ever feel like the experience is, is like taxing on you? Uh, do you get tired of playing Halo 5, you feel burned down on it, like switch over to different games, uh, see yourself playing Halo 3 at all, things like that? Uh, so absolutely, I do get burnt out. Um, some days it's just like, especially even this week, like it still happens. It's gonna, I know it's gonna keep happening. It's just, yeah. I am kind of tired today. Maybe uh, I went, I went to the gym, had a hard workout. I'm just not feeling it. But then I think like, oh, but I know people are looking forward to me being on, and I know I've been getting a lot of support. So it's like I need to keep this up. I need to keep the the content going, even if I don't like it. And then like just that night alone, maybe I happen to get like the other night I broke probably the most viewers I've had without like a host on my own. And it's like, right. well, if I didn't get on today, I never would have had this happen. Maybe it happened another day, but that's just like a what if situation. But it's happened enough now that it's like, I really should just stay consistent for my sake in the future. Because mm -hmm. I know I'm going to appreciate myself <laughs> later down the line for staying so consistent. And that really is what drives me is just that consistency. Because I know it's it, it it's going to build to something even greater. and uh, it's just starting out now. I think that's actually a big thing right there is just the fact that you have a goal in mind, right? Something that you're trying to achieve. You're setting yourself up for infinites. So you're not only a pro player, but you have a platform as well with an audience yeah. who wants to support you. So all these things. And I guess just kind of visualizing that goal and having accomplished the goal just keeps you motivated, keeps you grinding, even though things kind of get rough. Because I know like when it comes to streaming, thankfully yesterday was a lot of fun. And thank you for the host, by the way, dude. I appreciate yeah, it. No problem. Um, but yeah, like recently, like just last week, I, I was kind of hating streaming, to be honest. And I, I'm not as good as you. So maybe like, I, you know, I get my my mindset kind of tanks when some of my gameplay goes wrong and I'm very critical of myself, but it could be kind of tough to, to, uh, to kind of break out of that and just kind of put on this face where you're, you're energetic and engaging and you feel like you're having a fun time. Like there are just times when I'm streaming when it's like, damn, like, I don't like this. Should I be yeah, doing this? I know? mean, just the other day, uh, I had like an eight game losing streak to end the right. stream for like an hour and a half. It yeah. was not easy. It wasn't fun really, but it, I will say that's why it's been getting easier for me to just enjoy the stream is like it's the stream it's the people i'm interacting with like right. they're still talking to me nobody's like trashing me just i mean some people might joke around it's like perfectly fine i'll accept sure. it but like i'm confident in my own skill it's like i don't need to prove myself through these wins i'm just here to entertain as best as i can and if i'm losing so be it at least i'm entertaining enough to and being entertained myself just interacting with the the stream the chat and whatnot so it's yeah it's sort of like a what's the word i'm looking for symbiotic relationship where like they get to see me and get interact with me but i also get to interact with them and it makes it that much easier it really does honestly. yeah you kind of kind of feed off of that energy for sure um which yeah that could be very helpful i think yeah one of the biggest things just even just talking to you here though is just the goal setting aspect of it guys if you guys have <laughs> trouble with that streaming grind having a very specific goal even when you're sick and coughing uh that you just work through it you keep grinding hard um yeah man i i appreciate and respect that but um as far as your Halo 5 grind, like you're clearly one of the best players right now, and there happens to be a 2v2 coming up in London at the end of the summer. Is, is there any chance you're going to start, you know, on the 2v2 grind or something? You thinking about competitive things at all? Uh, I don't know if you're muted. I was, yeah, I was muted. Sorry. Oh, okay, good. No right, I'm muted. But uh, I thought about it a little bit. Um, I've had, I think, one or two people ask me about it, like sort of like an offer, but... Uh, I really don't know if it's something I'm really interested in. It's a lot of commitment still. 
Right. I think that's why it's been easier for me to even stream Halo 5 in general is like I don't have to stream and then go to scrims and then uh -huh. maybe go over scrims afterwards. Like that'd be maybe three or four hours of me streaming, normal matchmaking, and then scrimming for two or three hours and then on top of that going over stuff for an hour. Mm -hmm. So the commitment to competing and on top of streaming right now with a game that I've played for so long, it's I just don't think it's something realistic for me. Um so yeah, I, I really don't think I will be participating. Not currently. Yeah. That's not something I'm really, uh, really taking too serious right now. Understandable. It's very much a one-off event. It's nice to see like some sort of a Halo Five presence, but yeah, mm -hmm. th like that with the prize pool and the fact that it's very far away as well. Like it's yeah. uh, kind of a tough grind for sure. Uh, last question before we get into our main topic of discussion. We got a lot to do uh, to cover here, but uh, you also, of course, have your Halo tips videos. You said that you got some stuff coming out there. Yep. What do you? How do you feel about content creation in the Halo space right now? Do you feel like it's a good time to be creating content? It seems like kind of a, a tough time for everyone. I would say do literally anything for Halo. Get anybody, anybody at all, to just start watching. Mm -hmm. And it's so. This is why I think it's so good right now is because there's so few people doing right like what we're doing and making the content it's like this is the time when the community is so much smaller to start building a base because yeah. i'm telling you if you're waiting for infinite to start streaming you're gonna be shit out of luck yeah of my terms but when you have like for example maybe ninja stops by with a hundred thousand viewers and Takes you're over. sitting at zero for mm -hmm. a brand new game sure uh get those people watching you now start making content <laughs> develop that community so that People are, even though like they had that opportunity to maybe watch Ninja, it's like, well, I've been watching this guy for six months, maybe a year now, because it's so far out. Yeah. Why not? I should be. I, I kind of want to watch him because, like, you start to associate with him. Obviously, like that's why so many people like, uh, enjoying like streams and whatnot, because they, they enjoy you as a as a person as well. So that's a big deal, and you should be starting when the community is so much tighter right now, tighter yeah. and smaller. So it's uh. It's just, uh, I would say it's better for building right now, and that is the right time. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I mean, look at the, the grassroots program, for example, as well. Like, the size of our channels and the fact that HCS, the company, like, they're supporting us and our content. Yes, we've been kind of at it for a little while, but none of us are very large. I mean, some of us maybe more than others, but, like, yeah. I've got about 5,000 subs. Reclaimer has about 5,000 subs on YouTube. Like, none of us are really, like, massive in that space, yeah. but we're getting support by the company, and when the game comes out, it hits thousands and thousands and thousands of viewers. Like, that's a big jump forward. So, guys, exactly. I mean... You start grinding, yes, it'll still be a tough grind, but you don't actually have that far to climb by comparison to another game that might already have like a massive audience in their partnership program or whatever they have. So exactly. a lot of good opportunity. Uh, and you're right. It's kind of like a blue ocean right now. There's a lot of, a lot of good, uh, good ways to get involved. So hopefully we see a lot more content coming up. I know we got a lot of good things. I know Paradise Halo has been grinding a lot as well. They got some really high quality content you guys can check out. Um, but speaking of content, speaking of Halo, let's get into this massive discussion. I've got a huge list here. So on your YouTube, you have a video titled the Halo Infinite Wishlist, which is a great video, by the way, guys, you can check it out on Sane's channel. You cover most areas in Halo and what you like and you don't like and you want to see in the future. So today I figured we're going to dive back into that topic. And we did something like this the last time I had you on as well. Uh, we're going to go back over the stuff you touched on in your video and more. So I've got tons of stuff here. I tried to get very in detail. Guys, if there's something that you feel like I missed in the discussion, feel free to ask it in the Q&A. I don't have MCCPC in here at all, so maybe with that, that could be some of your, uh, your Q&A questions as well. But I've tried to organize it 
in separate sections here. The first thing I have is content on launch. So one of the big things that you brought up in your video was that we can't have another Halo 5 scenario as far as content goes for the release. Uh, that being just Warzone and Arena was a very narrow selection of options that they had off of the rip. Um, something important to have is a working theater and forge mode. So let's kind of start with theater. Uh, what do you kind of hope to see with Infinite uh, in the theater mode? I mean, plain and simple, theater needs to be what I'm experiencing in game. It's nothing close to that right now. It's just so out of left field with what you see and what you experienced. And it's like, maybe there's a shot here and there that I wanted to see, like, did I really miss that shot or... Right. I need to. I want to improve on this, but I can't really tell, especially for like mechanics and in game. It just shows something not anywhere close to what you were actually experiencing. So it just needs to be as close to what we we're experiencing in game as possible. Um, besides that, I really can't think of much else. It just needs to be. It needs to be crisp. It needs to be what the gameplay is. That's definitely the biggest thing, especially because they have a spectator mode that's kind of consistent with what you see on theater. I'm not sure what it is exactly that makes it so off. It's something about like they're, yeah. they're showing the server side gameplay or so. I don't know. I've heard some, some sure. lingo around it. But ultimately, yeah, your shots are not connecting where they should be. The registration doesn't look right. There are shots going through walls that like on the, uh, you know, the camera on the theater that obviously didn't happen in the actual game. Uh, a lot of that stuff kind of bogs down the experience. On top of the fact that it feels like the Spartans are moving in slow motion yep. on theater as well, which that's that's just horrible to see. Like, it, it's just, it's not it's just a good weird. look. And when you have commentators, like, casting over that experience, it, you know, yeah, it doesn't really help bring a lot of viewers to the game. As far as kind of some of my issues, personally, somebody who's been analyzing it, I feel like just the general controls, like having it, you know, be very precise, having a precise rewind functionality, oh, yep. there's no rewind. That's that's kind of, that's, that's so, so weird. Pressing back and then having to restart to the very begin beginning of the video, just kind of being able to just pull the left trigger and rewind, like like how you pull the right trigger to fast yep. forward. Um, yeah, and then uh, which would be great for like collaborative content and stuff like that. So having multiple people join into one theater together and be able to watch and talk about the action, yep, I think that'd be cool great. Too. I would really enjoy something like that. Yeah, and then we can create content around that, and that really helps Halo. Uh, easier navigation as well, like being able to kind of get behind a player, and if that player becomes highlighted in a specific color, you can snap into his perspective and then break out and then move somewhere else, snap in. I think stuff like that would be kind of cool to be able to do. Yeah, like what you mentioned with the uh, with multiple people coming in, I really hope something like that, because they, obviously they're very esports-centric with their focus on multiplayer, especially ranked multiplayer at least. Yeah. Um, I really hope to see something like that, because it really, really sucks. Whenever, uh, like, for example, as on a pro team and we're trying to go over scrims or something that we right. noticed, then all four of us have to go into theater, all four of us have to separately. go to the exact same time separately. Yeah. And then it's like, all right, one, two, three, press play. All right. And then now we watch and then try and dissect, but maybe we're still off a little bit and maybe we're not watching the same POV. So it's like, I really hope that's one feature. Okay. Now that I'm thinking about it, I really hope to see a group theater where maybe even one person is sort of like the, the master of the, uh, the camera. Yeah, and take each person through, and that, I think that would be very helpful. Just if like anybody's ever doing lessons or talking to a friend about something that they can improve on, like that would just be very beneficial to have somebody in control uh, that can see things that you don't see. Yeah, in, in the future. Yeah, I absolutely agree for so many elements, and like you said, for teams, which I didn't even think of. Like you guys are going over scrims; that's a perfect example there. Uh, and of course, I mean, it's we're lucky to have a theater mode in Halo. It just happens to be something that's been there since like Halo Three. So you know, now we kind of all expect it to be there. Uh, it's more of just what we wish to. So it's not as much of an expectation, but more a wish list on this stuff, guys. So I'm not yeah. I'm not saying like, oh, you know, they screwed up here or whatever. Um, but let's jump into Forge mode because this is a big one because it wasn't even there at the launch of Halo Five. So <laughs> 
Yeah, like what would you say about that? I mean, it came in, and when it did come in, it seemed like it was pretty solid. Uh, what do you think of it? I mean, that's the thing. I I believe the what the game came out in October, and I think the Forge update came out in like December. Mm. I want to say it was just months after the game released, and it was such a it was something that was already in other Halos from the drop of the package. Right, and it's just like these things are expected out of Halo games now, and it's like they need to be functional, they need to be ready. Don't ship the game if these things aren't ready. Mm -hmm. uh, I think people really now in the past few years, especially uh, with all the games that have come out, such as Destiny, like as a prime example, it's like, don't give me the con like, don't give me the game if the content isn't there and you're going to sell it to me or repackage sure. it to me at a later time. It's like, I want the game when it's ready. And yeah. I think they finally realized that with how we're getting Infinite now, uh, in particular, probably other reasons, but I, I, I really hope that with all this time in the uh, for the future that they now have to work on Infinite, everything should be there. Um, Forge, sadly, was not there for Halo 5, and I really feel like that, especially for a community, because, like, Forge community, like, that's a thing. And... It's crazy how many subsets of Halo, and they all yeah. have their own communities. That's the wild thing, is, like, I, I kind of understand, like, it, it's a large project, an undertaking for 343 to be like, oh, shoot, we need all of these things, because Halo 3 had all these things, and they were so good, and now it's just yeah. keeping it going, you know? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, but it's just, it's just that expectation. It's like if a game came out in 2007 and had all these aspects to it, it's like they need to be there for these newer games and functional. They need yeah. to be there. Like That's yeah. a thing that was – that's a precedent that was already set, and yeah. it should stay that way. It should remain there and functional in the future. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, once they got Forge and Halo 5, I felt like they did a pretty <laughs> good job with it. There was one crucial factor that I feel like needs to be ironed out somehow, and it's just the fact that Forge-built maps seem to have some sort of a latency or frame rate issue coupled mm -hmm. with them a lot of the time. So, like, I, I guess they had to be really careful about how they made the maps to avoid things like this. But just the fact that that exists makes it really tough for competitive play. Because, of course, Forge becomes an important part of the game, uh, and we'll talk about that, that a bit yeah. when we talk about playlists and, and how much they can make and how much should be done on Forge and whatnot. One thing I really hope to see in the future, I don't know, I can't remember if I mentioned this on streamer in that in the wishlist video, I really hope to see Forge get assets, I don't know if that's possible, from, like, normal maps. Like, if we had sort of, like, the Coliseum ramps mm -hmm. be able to be utilized in a completely blank slate in Forge rather than just like these blocks that like because looking at refuge refuge is a good looking map but i mean that compared to truth like there's it's night and day there's yeah. a very big difference between the quality because it's not like the dev assets i wonder if that's possible i really don't know i'm not an expert or have any knowledge about it so i really don't know but if that is a possibility i think that'd be great because then at that point we can start making maps that look great feel like the maps that the devs make but it's not made by the devs but at least the forge community has that sort of support that'd be amazing honestly yeah it's actually giving me some wild thoughts here but i they do have some elements of that like refuge is a good example where they have these sculptures and stuff that look yeah. really awesome like those are some cool assets that they've added in but they're kind of on a smaller scale mm -hmm. so you're right what if it was like the entire pink side of truth or something like the top exactly. p2 and p1 you could just kind of insert it into a map and then kind of change yep. the color and maybe the foliage around it and then just put make a map that's like part pink like part you know p1 p2 of, yep. of uh truth and part like like rig or something like just kind of mm -hmm. grabbing chunks and inserting them together like a puzzle and then you got all these sick maps and then you could have what i was thinking would be cool is like some sort of a team of forgers just like have you, how you have your play testers uh your pro team you have a forge team that's constantly churning out maps and testing maps and then those go into competitive those go into social whatever it is i mean the, the, it's a very good idea I think yeah that, that 
Forge team in particular, if they want to do that in the future, like how they did with H5, which I think was not a bad idea. Yeah. It was just the quality and how dependent they were on just us to test things mm-hmm. for them, for the uh, like Refuge, Echelon Fisher, those maps. It was really tough because just to get people excited about it, and it's like we're pro players. Obviously, we want the best things, but it's like everyone still has to put in time and effort into the game already outside of what we're already doing yeah. or being asked of at the time <clears throat> for testing these maps. So really, I think a Forge team would be great. Yeah, I mean, if you have... Like that. Yeah, yeah. And if you have a really well-done score, Forge mode that's easy to use, very scalable, like that could be applied to a lot of areas of the game. But I know that you made this point where you said that you don't necessarily think everything should just be left up to Forge, that there should be, you know, game types modes that are kind of fully supported by 343, where just because they have Forge doesn't mean that you just leave it up to the community. Yeah. Uh, like a good example is BTB doesn't have any maps. I think the, the bigger issue, which is Halo 5 Big Team Battle, didn't have any maps on launch, it's all Forge. Uh, the bigger issue I felt was that having Warzone kind of took all of their focus off of everything else. So if, if they're going to include some of a, some sort of a new mode, uh, they can't lose all of the other things in Halo that we love, the yeah. core kind of social playlist. The ones that I have highlighted here, let me know if you think I'm going to miss something, but BTB, Infection, Griffball, like an Action Sack, and Team Snipers, uh, like our Shoddy Snipers, seem to be kind of like the big popular ones. Yeah. Uh, and then having variants for things like Race, which I don't think Race has like a, a playlist, but it's possible in Forge. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, what what could they do there? Like BTB, of course, is a very popular mode, and people, I guess, three four three thought that Warzone was an acceptable replacement, but turns out it wasn't. The BTB community didn't like that. Exactly, it's like if you're gonna have uh, if you're gonna have that thought of like, oh, we need infection, we need BTB, we need all these modes that people have, like I said, the precedent of these expectations. Like these have been in the game for so long. Have maps developed around them. Don't just throw in something, and then say, all right, it's only up to you guys. It's like, it's okay to have that interaction. I think that's good for the community to, like, mm-hmm. spotlight people that can create these maps and do these things, but it's like, when I'm only playing BTB, and it's like, I'm getting the Valhalla remake, and, like, it looks great now, but those sort of maps and playing them that are only on Forge, like, there's just still something missing, it feels like, because it's, obviously, it's not a dev-made map, so it's good, but not what they, like, not the kind of quality that they can put out. So it's like, why even have that BTB playlist if you're not going to put in at least some effort on your part to add to it? They just put it in and then said, all right, these are from the community. Or it was made in Forge from our, I don't know, in-house team. I don't know if if that's what it was, but uh, they need to put in enough effort uh, if they're going to try and implement these things. Don't just throw something in and that be it. It, it does sound like a difficult thing to balance, though, because BTB maps are different than your typical arena maps, which are much smaller. So, I mean, yeah. how many different subsets of maps do you have if they have a new mode as well that's like, a, let's say, a BR or something? How do they you know, navigate all of that and have, like, quality BTB maps, quality competitive maps? Like, I guess for their arena, every single map hopefully can double as a competitive and a casual map because mm-hmm. I feel like all of the maps that are competitive in Halo 5 are still more fun than the ones that are designed in a more casual fashion. Like, take, yeah, like, White Cell versus, like, Truth. I'll play Truth 10 out of 10 times versus White Cell. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. so I, I feel like maybe that's it. They just kind of put priority weights on things. Like, BTB is, like, the most popular, one of the most popular playlists, so they need those dedicated maps. Arena is, is so important, so it needs those dedicated maps, and then all the other modes play into those 
two subsets of dedicated maps or whatever. Yeah. And then whatever other boat they decide to create, they create, but it's separate entirely. And the other mm -hmm. stuff, the core stuff is still there. Yeah. So with stuff like that, it's like, like what, what I was saying about like these things being sort of tacked on and thrown in, it's like, I don't know how many Warzone maps that there are exactly that were thrown into the playlist. I want to say it's like maybe six or seven or maybe even eight. I don't know. There's a lot of Warzone maps. Yeah. Uh, maybe not add an extra Warzone map and make two new BTV maps or uh, three free for all maps or something that's just like, just dedicate enough time. Just anything's better than nothing, I would say, uh, from their end. And whenever all these playlists are added and then it's not supported in like really at all by them, other than yeah. just spotlighting people from the community only, I feel like that is them dropping the ball, in my opinion. This is a weird thought, but do you think, like, if they had some sort of a massive scale mode, like a BR or something that has a huge map, do you think that that huge map could be partitioned in some way to have, like, six BTB maps within it, if that yeah. makes sense? Like, Honestly, if they try to... Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I was going to say that, too. It's like, even if you make the BT map, like, make you make two BTB maps, uh, just like with how Forge World was with uh, yeah, yeah. its reach, like, you have many different areas to work with, mm -hmm. and you can just like you said, partition different areas and just sort of close them off or build around them and you have a completely new map and it's yeah. still in the same location but it's in a different playlist but it's just something new Yeah. and uh, yeah, I think I think that's something that very well could uh, mitigate the lack of influence they have. Yeah, they kind of hit two birds with one stone that way. I think a good example to draw for that is Fortnite. I mean, if you look at a Fortnite map, Every single section is like a different time of day, different weather. It's like there's a winter and like a desert area. There's like yep. so many different areas. They could just do that with a BR in Halo is just have like different types of areas that maybe don't like all kind of make sense. Yeah, broke, I mean, that's like, what together, but it's that's multiplayer. That's what Black Ops 4 did. Yeah. Sort of Black Ops 4 did. They and then had just take like a any chunk different... and that's, that's the new yeah. sand trap or whatever. Exactly. Like, yeah. 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 I think that would actually be kind of cool. Um, <laughs> Now, the other thing I have here, and this is more like, I don't know if you have any specific ideas as far as UI, though I do think the Halo 5 UI has so many glitches and issues um, that maybe we can touch on. But the UI being presented in a way that's very easy to navigate and just looks nice, uh, what kind of inspired this is just recently I saw Pixel Flare's post. He's got a quick video. Let's watch this, guys. This is a really cool little UI that he designed for uh, ODST 2, I believe, which uh, should be playing here, hopefully. Tony, what's happening? <clears throat> you see it? I just see black screen. No, yeah, I don't see anything. Oh, oh there, there we go. go. Yeah. I mean, it looks great. Yeah. So apparently he applied to work at 343, but he didn't get the job, unfortunately. Dang. This is what I've heard. But I mean, man. Yeah, okay, that's cool. Okay. Yeah, I mean, looks. Yeah, this looks great. Yeah, so it just kind of brought up the idea. Uh, is there? Do you have any ideas? I guess as far as UI and the way that they could display things. Uh, I just think I mean, the way this... he has it laid out, it's just very presentable. Like you get to just see the avatars, you get to see the names, you get to see the ranks, you get to see everything about this person. Also, yeah. like that's the one thing I have a problem with, at least with the UI on uh, <clears throat> Halo Five. It's just the backgrounds. Like even looking at that main menu right there at the beginning, where it showed the ODST, and it's like. You just have sparks flying. You have the ODST like, like breathing, and just like that look yeah. of it. It's like it, it's alive. So it looks. It just looks great. It looks like a living, breathing game, and it's just not stagnant. And I really, I mean, to be honest, I'm tired of seeing a 
a team arena shot of a guy beating down a guy with a flag. Like I'm tired of seeing that stagnant shot only of that. It's just, uh, it's, it's, it's so presentable and you see all these descriptions and all these things. It's just, I don't know. It looks much better. I think whenever it's this lively, it just looks very colorful. It looks very, you just see so much detail. And I feel like it's lacking in the, in that department, especially with like Halo 5's UI. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like you said, that that opening screen right there, I mean, just replace that ODST with Master Chief, like the Halo Infinite Master Chief we just yeah. saw in the trailer and, you know, have him do a little shrug or whatever this like breathing movement is. Uh, that would be freaking sick. I think that'd be yeah. awesome to just have like like close up on Chief. This is Chief's story. This is this is a big part of Infinite is bringing Chief back. I mean, put him on the front screen, right, like just like that. That looks gorgeous. I mean, I'd be yeah, down I for agree. that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, so like, as far as, uh, the Halo 5 UI, yeah. And also just kind of some of the, the glitches that have been occurring with it. I, I probably won't dive too much into it, but sometimes things just freeze. Like if you try to leave uh, like a octagon prematurely or something, and you jump back into the playlist, the playlist or the, uh, the menu just freezes. I have to reset the app and I don't know, these are just uh, other things. And that probably goes into the discussion of, you know, consistently updating the game and, and, you know, connecting with the community, which we'll talk about a little later. Um, the next thing I have here is the look and feel of the multiplayer experience. You brought up a great point in your video here where you said that, so they nailed the look in the trailer, but there's this kind of pure enjoyment satisfaction that you get from playing the game where you feel like a super soldier, like a badass, and that comes down to the look, feel, and the sound of the guns and kind of the screen real estate that they take up. So tell me a bit about that, about that thought process there. Yeah, I mean, it's just... I can't say there's any comparison when you're hearing and looking and dealing the damage of a Halo 1 pistol compared to the Halo 5 pistol. Obviously, the Halo 5 pistol, people enjoy it. It's like, it's a good gun, but just the look, the feel, the sound of it, it's just, it's it's a monster compared to the, what I think of as a pea shooter with the Halo 5 Magnum. It's like, it just, it's that feel, like I said, of like being a badass with great tools, badass tools. Right. being your weapons and being your skills or whatever like utilities we have in the future or with Halo 5 it's like it just I feel like that's kind of been missing and really needs to be brought back in I mentioned before in that video with the BR and just how it sounds like it has that like that purr almost yeah. of yeah. like the burst and it really hasn't I don't know the Halo 5 BR really just doesn't feel the same or sound yeah. the same and the the design itself the classic BR look it, it's just not there and even the reticle of what the br looks like it's completely different mm-hmm. i feel like it's changed for the sake of change rather than uh really in the past they're thinking of like the feedback they they just kind of did what they pleased because they thought like we need to change things when in reality it's like there have been some things that have just they're so great from the beginning it's just like give us more great things yeah don't take away just keep adding yeah, I completely agree. I think a good example was the rocket launcher and how it was first introduced in Halo 5 and then the fact that they brought back the Spanker. Like, it's yeah. not just the look of it, but it's also, the, like, the size and the screen real estate yep. that it takes up. Like, the Spanker's a massive gun. It looks sick, but it also takes up a lot of your screen, and there's that difficulty that comes with moving around, navigating the map while holding it on the side there, and that, that kind of makes the power weapon harder to wield, right? Yeah. Um, or the Magnum, yeah, like, having it sound, like, beefier, like, stronger, more powerful, and even making it maybe bigger and thicker, kind of like the A h1 magnum in that yeah. way um and and you don't necessarily have to have it grounded in realism i like how you brought that up earlier in your video where it's like it doesn't necessarily have to sound like a real magnum it can yeah. sound like kind of explosive and a little wild because it's a it's a fictional game it's, exactly. it's halo yeah it's a yeah. different universe whatever yeah. um and yeah the br i think like 
innovation can be had in guns in the game when you're introducing new guns. Make them wild and extravagant, whatever you like. Like the Promethean yeah. weapon, you pick it up and it assembles itself in your hand. Like yeah, that's exactly. kind of sick. Like, I, I like yeah. the design and sort of aspect of like the light rifle and the suppressor and all those things that they, they brought in. But like we talked about, like changing what was already there oh. just for the sake of change, it's kind of unnecessary. Add yeah. the light rifle, add those those uh, Promethean weapons. Those are sick. They look great. Don't really change what we already think is great. Just add more greatness. That, that's just what I think. Yeah, there's definitely an iconic look and sound of the BR that fans immediately recognize, and just having that there is just that that just you know gives you that that warm feeling. Yeah, like, like it's. I it's... will. I will say that I've had this conversation in the past <clears throat> with uh, an org owner that I was playing for, and he was mentioning how it's so hard to just watch the game and he's like just from his perspective as like a casual he like he's in the game but he's still a casual spectator and he's like yeah he doesn't like the look of the pistol it just it's so cheesy uh-huh. and we were talking about the br and like maybe that being put in because this was like years ago and talking about maybe that being put in he's like yeah that's okay but still it's like nothing compared to what it was yeah. and it's like it's a real thing people actually take note and care about these things it's like cater to your audience yeah, and it seems like they are obviously with the art design, at least with what they're starting to re-implement. Uh, but just do more of it, Re- yeah. reinvent with what you already know and what you've what's already worked in the past, and just yeah. add to it. That's all you got to do. I mean, I do think the Halo Five Magnum is kind of nice looking. I think the issue is more yeah. so that it's the main primary weapon that you see more than any other gun in the game. So, like that's why you kind of want it to be bigger and more powerful in that way. We're always yeah. going to have it. It feels like a sidearm. It looks like a sidearm, right? Yeah. But it's your main gun. It's like what you're mostly using. Exactly. So, yeah, that's kind of why it, it it could you know have that change. And then yeah, the BR. So it's like I, iconic in that way. People want to see that. They don't need to change that. Um, one of the the worst changes was when it went back to Halo Four and it was high-pitched there was this weird yeah. high-pitched like kind of robotic noise or whatever that came out of yep. the gun totally like different sound like it's, <laughs> yeah man I, yeah, I didn't like that uh and they kind of changed it a bit in halo 5 but still i think just keeping it, it like i mean the fans are loving the set back to classic cheap just you know the the look of and the sound of the guns uh easy transition i mean i don't know how, how difficult it is to make that but but uh, yeah, it just seems like a, almost like a no-brainer in a way. Yeah, um, I mean, the, the utility is already there. The idea is yeah. already there. It's like you can add to it. Obviously, it doesn't need to, like, the BR doesn't need to sound exactly like it did in H2. But it just needs to at least be like it. It's like when you take such a step away from what it, it, Halo is, it's like, why are you still calling it Halo? Mm-hmm. Obviously, they haven't taken such drastic changes. But, I mean, in some people's eyes, they have taken such drastic changes from Halo 3 to, like, Halo 5, for example, just entirely for gameplay, yeah. adding all these abilities and whatnot. It's like people say, like, this isn't Halo anymore. And I completely understand it. I get it. And yeah. it's just like, uh, just build off of what you know works. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. It's our, It's a wheel. It's like it, it works. It functions. People like it. Yeah. Just make it better somehow. Yeah. You don't need to turn the wheel into a square and start trying to still call it a wheel and then like keep making and adding more things to it and try and say like this is still a wheel this is still a wheel like don't fret like this is still it it's not not the same thing yeah i totally agree here um one area that has a little bit more of a back and forth is the core abilities here so i've got an ability section uh something that most people agree does not work too well uh, at least in competitive is the ground pound and the spartan charge and this kind of cop-out effect that you believe uh, comes with it, and I agree with you on this. Uh, tell me a bit about the ground pound Spartan charge. We'll start there. Uh, I mean, 
Easy answer. Ground pound, insta kill. You have nothing. You have a pistol as your starting weapon. That's a five shot, but instead you get ten feet above a Spartan. It's easy to, especially in as a professional player for most yeah. players, like you can just crouch up in most of these places, <laughs> and you can just hold the melee button and instantly. And you can just hold it too, because it's like, especially I knew whenever ground pound was still in, you can just hold the ground pound and people just thrust out of instinct. It's mm -hmm. like, all right, I can just wait for him to thrust and get an easy insta-pick. Yeah. It's different from an assassination, which is getting behind somebody and sneaking behind somebody and then getting a, getting close enough to get a back smack. Right. You just actually soar in with a ground pound to get a free kill, free pick. Yeah. Same thing kind of with a Spartan charge. It's like, I think a two-shot Spartan charge is like what it is for killing somebody and or just using it as... I, it's not that bad of an idea to use it as like an escape thing. I just think it's... I don't know. It... It didn't feel like it added to the gameplay. I, I've mentioned it yeah. before. I feel like thrust, stabilize, those are kind of abilities that kind of add that extra layer. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the ground pound Spartan charge are just the odd ones out that our cameras seem to be going in right now. I don't know if it's the same for. You might be else. adjusting it. Tony might be doing it in the background. Gotcha. Hopefully, so. um, but <clears throat> but with like with these abilities, it's just it's there again. It's like there to be there to be different. And like that's what it feels like. Thrust right. stabilize, they feel like they have utility and they have a reason. Ground pound Spartan charge is just like, wouldn't it be so cool if you just jump in the air and you can one shot right. somebody? It's like, yeah, let's put it in. Yeah. Uh, you're in a competitive arena shooter. Why am I able to just one shot somebody from for, for just being above them? For, yeah. Just so freely. I don't know. It, it, like I said, that's what I think of the cop out whenever I'm referring to them. Yeah, so the main issue as far as the competitive side of things is it kind of takes away from the importance of gun skill in those critical moments, right? Like you're under yeah. a player, above a player, especially when you're below a player, like it's very difficult to land those precise shots. Uh, if you're above and you have that advantage and all you got to do is hold down the right bumper and like land on them with a the ground pound, it, it just takes away from your brain like trying to process that that situation and being like, okay, I got to nail every one of these shots. I have to be very precise with my movement, every little action that I make uh, yeah. or you get punished poorly for it. So. Yeah, from that aspect, I, I totally agree. And it's cool that they add a little bit of a, a nuance as far as, like, being able to escape or, or like, hover in the air temporarily and then drop down or whatever. Like, those aspects yeah. are kind of neat. Uh, but, yeah, from a competitive perspective, it takes a lot away from that just importance of gun skill and critical moments and stuff that people really value and really like to see at high-level competitive play. Well, whenever you can um, walk a flag outside of Collie Window and ground pound it to the opposite side's trench, yeah. it's like... Yeah. That flag just took 10 seconds to get across map, and yeah. it was by a single person. It's yeah. just like, why is that in the game? Why is this in my supposedly very competitive game? And I'm like referring back to like the first years of H5. It's like I have a radar, AR, automatics, Grandpa's Spartan Charge, and I can get a flag in on Coliseum mm -hmm. in 10, 15 seconds and start AR ARing somebody from across the map. It's just like, uh, this isn't competitive Halo. It doesn't feel like competitive Halo. Right. And that's why it makes sense from a competitive side. But then it makes me wonder, like you said at the very end, you're like, oh, wouldn't it be sick if your Spartan could do this? And yeah, I mean, if you're a casual player, it is sick. So where do you kind of find that that balance where they, they add fun features that make you feel like a badass super soldier that works in campaign or social modes or whatever? Um, but like but it's different in, in competitive. Is it bad to have? two different versions like that where you're you're missing certain abilities that you have in campaign and they're you know what i mean it's, it's a very like it's a very difficult question to answer and for a while i've always said like i feel like there could be a sort of medium where certain playlists have certain things in it that's why i always, like for a while i was saying like sprint can stay out of comp but it can be in btb it can be in warzone 
I think that's okay, but I can understand their argument. Like, we don't want to split people because then at that point, it's like a completely different game. Right. Very much exactly. a completely different game if you don't have yeah. all the abilities, or at least most of the abilities, uh, tied into the core gameplay. Right. Um, but they need to just choose a route and go with it because I feel like H5 is a perfect example of trying to please everybody and they please nobody. Really. They had, so going back to it, they had comp. I watched the, the I think the Tommy cast. That was his name. Oh, Tommy from Tommy Cost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cost, yes. So yeah. I watched that video you mentioned last night, and I watched it, and he was making great points. Like, yeah. H5 launched, and it was supposed to be very competitive. However, they launched with a competitive. It has AR radar and automatics yeah. and all these abilities. And yeah. it was showing all these, like, posts and things that people were making. And, like, I saw a snipe down in that video talking about, like, these things shouldn't be in, and a lot of people agree. And they're yeah. still in the game for two years. And then on yeah. top of that, you're not you're not even like you have these casual abilities in, and then you don't even have the casual playlists in. So mm -hmm. it's like they're trying to hit from all fronts. You're right, but not and quite it, hitting anything. Yeah, perfectly. you're you're, yeah. you're shooting with a water gun when you're trying to approach from all fronts from every angle, and like you're hitting nothing, you're accomplishing nothing, you're yeah. doing real realistically nothing when you're trying to you're you're putting out that message that you're doing everything, but you're really doing nothing at all. That's what it, Halo Five at the beginning really turned out to be. That is interesting, the kind of double standard there, where they they positioned Arena as, like, very, very competitive, uh, and, and they were very focused on esports. They had a massive prize pool, bigger than anything, in console gaming, and then the game comes out, and there's a lot of casual elements, or at least what the community would definitely consider to be casual elements added in the game, the ARs, the radar, and it took them so long to change that, once again. We'll talk about that aspect as well. Um, but, yeah, very interesting, kind of a tough topic here. To, yeah. to deal with, because I understand the need to innovate in those areas, but clearly it's not well-balanced in competitive play, and it doesn't work at that high level and you know can't be appreciated in that way. So how do they find that good middle ground or or find an area where, like I guess an outlet where it's acceptable to have those abilities and that the audience playing the game understands that in that environment, you can only do these things. Like, remember that idea that you said in the chat yesterday about having hero-like class abilities and things like that. If you play a very specific mode and that's present only in that mode, yeah. then people aren't thinking that, oh, when they play Arena, they're going to suddenly have those like class abilities or or whatever. I wonder if they can kind of segment the game in that way. I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, even thinking about it this way, it's like we already kind of have that in the game with how Warzone and Arena function. Right. We have Arena, which applies to still social and ranked, but you have like normal mm -hmm. maps. You just start playing the game. You have the abilities and whatnot. Obviously, ranked and social are a little bit different, but then you have Warzone, which is this giant, super-scaled map, and then on top of that, you're basically buying weapons, you're in these vehicles, you're taking objectives in a way that really isn't in any other playlist. So it's right. like that sectioning off and uh, sort of separation of an almost different kind of game, and I think that's why Warzone has its own community, because it's like, that's still such a completely different game almost, going from right. Arena to Warzone. So we almost kind of have that, even if it's to maybe a little bit of a lesser degree, it's like it's a whole different ecosystem. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, we'll talk about the other abilities, and then we can talk about how they might be able to revolutionize and keep things exciting without necessarily having something wild like a ground pound of a, or a Spartan charge. Um, but this you kind of put, these ones you put down on kind of like they tow the line of acceptability. Uh, sprint versus no sprint. Let's start with sprint. What do you think? Uh, I think sprint is acceptable in <clears throat> the sort of market that we have nowadays for every game or most games having them yeah. however i think in halo it needs to be much more balanced I, I don't think it can be like call of duty where like how it is in h5 where you can just sprint sprint and sprint and go and go and go all yeah. the time i feel like i feel like 
the way Halo is in particular, just whether it's sprint or some other ability, it's very much for a while now, I feel like kind of just uh, riding the wave of other games flow in a way. Yeah. Um, I feel like they're borrowing a little too much and not innovating. However, I mean, like, we can say, oh, well, they put in thrust, and they put in stabilize, and I feel like those kind of things have been in, like, advanced warfare for Call of Duty examples, like a sort of sure. thrust. Stuff like that. It's just, like, it really feels like it. nothing really new, really new, has been thrown at Halo mm. that really innovates. It's kind of just, like, it, it almost feels like a lot of things have been done before, and with Sprint, going back to it, it it needs to be more balanced. It needs to be... It needs to just be different. It can't be like every other sprint in every other game that usually functions yeah. that way. I feel like, at least in, maybe even in ranked, it's a little bit different compared to social, but at least you both have sprint maybe in both. But it needs to be a little bit nerfed is what I said before, and I, I still fully stand by that if we want to keep it. Um, that's my sort of stipulation is like, sure, keep sprint. It can't be sprint that we've had for Halo 4 and Halo 5. Right. You also brought up this great concept of like momentum in competitive Halo, where the game's kind of about, you know, having momentum and always having your gun ready and like for every single engagement. And the fact yeah. that Sprint puts your gun down for extended periods of time and it kind of breaks that that concept of momentum in the game yep. when you perfectly understand the game and you're you're going through the map at this very specific route, and you're jumping perfectly and everything's just lining up, your gun's always ready to go. Uh Sprint kind of gets rid of that. Yeah. Um, as well. So that was kind of an interesting point there. I think what would be cool is just think of the power, honestly, like if if 343 wants to kind of win over the fans from a marketing perspective, I feel like there's so much power in just telling your community that the next Halo has no sprint. Like they could at the end of their at the end of their reveal just say, oh, and by the way, Halo has no sprint. You know how many yeah. people would freak the fuck out? Like they would they would celebrate. They'd be cheering yep. just because you said the game has no sprint. It's that simple. Like yeah. it's kind of crazy. It's like saying the next Xbox has backwards compatibility or saying that the next Halo has split screen. It just immediately you just you bring on board so many fans. Yeah. So I feel like because there's so much power in just telling the community that, I'm wondering if if 343 can come up, come up with a unique way to innovate their game with no sprint and, and kind of move forward there. Because I, I feel like they're, they, could, they have so much opportunity if they can just say that to the audience and then yeah. find a new way to innovate. Yeah. I, I mean, I really hope to be wrong in the sense that they know what they're doing or like know their sort of scheme of what they want to do with multiplayer by now. Um, I feel like at this point that they have very little information to dish out. I think they're still very up in the air. If yeah. that's my guess, and that's my sort of take on why. Yeah. Um, and that's what you just mentioned there about after showing that trailer, at least announcing something. That's another thing I wish that I would have seen there is like, yeah. if you're not going to show any gameplay, or you're not going to show any like scenery, enemies, anything about the, really the story, at least have someone come out and just discuss Halo and like chalk it up and just mention something, mention features. Like, you don't have to show it to us, at least just talk about it with us. Yeah. It's yeah. a year and a half out, but it's been in development for three and a half years. It should yeah. be there should be something solid that we can discuss, not just like I feel like they're still playing on like the hype, like the very subtle hype and uh, rumor or not rumors, but uh, uh, expectations or like little things that people are looking for in the trailers and whatnot. It's like I feel like at this point we shouldn't have to do that. We should be able to like, well, they've mentioned this before. It's like, what if they've done this so we can actually start discussing other things as well? And I feel like we're very much tied down to just what they want us to talk about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Instead of letting us sort of really run away with anything that they give us mm -hmm. and start really opening up some dialogue. I feel like it, the dialogue is still very 
uh, one lane right now. Yeah. So there's not much to go on. I mean, yeah, even just kind of stating some of the stuff that they had written in Halo Waypoint during that E3 conference, I feel like the issue was that they kind of had the trailer woven into their announcement of Scarlet at the same yeah. time. Like it was, they, they did all their talking and that was for Project Scarlet and that immediately launched into the trailer. So I think that's kind of where that kind of that issue came in. But yeah, it would have been nice if they kind of talked a little bit more about their vision that supported what you saw in the trailer and just gave fans even more confidence. But yeah, yeah there's a lot of power in just saying no sprint, which makes me think like, dude, try to find a way to innovate this game without sprint. I feel like out of all the mechanics, there's so much available. There's a, a big slate of mechanics in Halo 5 here. I feel like sprint is kind of like the least like important one that's there personally. Yeah. Yeah, um, I agree. I mean, there's plenty of games that go without it. That there's so much skill to, such as like CS:GO, and yeah. <clears throat> obviously we've already sort of like touched on Overwatch a little bit. But that's a completely different style of game. But it's like it doesn't you have don't that either. Need yeah. sprint yeah. for every single person in that game. Obviously, yeah. there's like some little stipulations with some the of the soldier Overwatch, it. but yeah. yeah. So it's just like a game doesn't need to have sprint. It's like they. I really, really hope. I don't know like their mindset <laughs> about it, but it's like you don't need to have these certain things in a modern game nowadays to please everybody it's like do your own thing do it right and build it up build the hype yeah people will come people people notice great things and that's why i feel like halo took off so well because it was so different so unique at the start and people just were drawn to it yeah and now i feel like halo sort of hit that period now for the past i want well so like seven years since like well i guess nine years since reach where Reach started to dive into like some other aspects of other games with Bungie, and then 343 almost sort of built on that yeah. with even more things that other games have done. And that's just not what Halo's about. Halo is Halo, and they need to remember that. I really hope that they do, and they stay true to innovating their own way and innovating their own path and not following some other game's path that has succeeded before them or at the same time as them, and they're like, well, this works, so we should do this too. That's not yeah. how it should work. Yeah, and I think if you think that like modern gaming needs to have sprint, like if you look at COD and things of Apex, whatever. Uh, but look at Doom Eternal, for example. Yeah, like exactly. both Doom titles, they don't have it. That's that's more of an arena shooter that's closer, actually, actually in style to to Halo anyway. Um, and it doesn't have it. It's got a whole variety of other mechanics that may not necessarily work in competitive play. But it's still nice yeah. to see that that traditional style of moving and shooting is still very fast paced, very frantic, very exciting. And I feel like kind of that's got to be an important goal for for the Halo team is just trying to bring back that fast combat, that feeling of momentum and never having your gun down, always being ready for an engagement. I feel like that's a, a really exciting prospect if they can find a way to do that, uh, you know, yeah, seamlessly. Because the next part of this is clamber, and that is another mechanic that does kind of put your gun down. Though I do enjoy the clamber, and I'll kind of share my side in a bit, but uh, tell me what you think about this mechanic. Uh, I mean, my thoughts... We've already discussed it before. I think it still kind of still stays the same. I we've already talked about how I think it still has that sort of like cop out mechanic with the way it works in H five. I still yeah just the way I think there is a saving grace for nerfing and working around sprint. I think there could be something similar for clamber. Yeah. Um. However, I think just for that sense of never having to be in a disadvantage just for the sake of having an ability, having your gun always ready. I think that's something that's more that sounds just better to me than making a jump because a, an ability requires it. If I can always shoot, always be ready, uh, maybe the pillar uh, base I'm trying to jump up to is a little bit shorter just so I can make that jump and I don't need clamber, but I'm always ready, always ready to fight. I think that's that sounds just more interesting, much more impactful in the gameplay and interest mm-hmm. in seeing so many things occur. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I still think Clamber could be functional and still be worked around. It just can't be the way it is in Halo 5. Uh, how wild would it be if you could shoot while clambering so your gun doesn't actually go down? <laughs> yeah, that, I don't know. That's not, that's not too bad. That's yeah. not too bad. <clears throat> I, as long as it, if it had something like that, so that's another workaround. If they have, like, you can shoot while clambering, okay? Uh-huh. Now make it so it's not like H5 where you can just dip up and down, up and down, up and down, right, and right. maybe make the animation a little bit longer uh-huh. and, like, stagnant because that's another thing I hate about Halo 5's clamber is people are clambering, and yeah. they're actually looking completely around. Yeah, totally different Instead direction. of, yeah, yeah, but it's like, it's an animation, lock you in, but maybe we can still shoot in the middle of it. Sure, that's, that's, that's fine. You're right, so I guess that would force people to only use clamber in the very specific scenario that they can't make the jump and they need the clamber to get yeah. there, and you can't just be kind of like shooting somebody sideways and grabbing the ledge and like kind of yeah. keep shooting, and yeah, yeah, I get that. Uh, now, unfortunately, I love the drop back clamber thing, the whole cheesy going back and forth. And like it makes people throw nades and stuff. That's why I think it's so sick. Cause I'm in the middle of a battle. I'll drop back. He'll throw a stupid nade and I'll come back and just five him. Uh, but I totally understand. From Yeah, the it's one of those things. It's like you, you, you got to be honest it, with me now. When it's done to you, how do you it feel? Looks, do you feel it does look cheesy? cheesy. Yeah, Not it close, does look But cheesy. when it's happening to you, when you've had people do it to you, do you feel like, man, I really feel like I should have won that fight. But he's doing that. So that's why he won that fight. Well, because I do it so much, I kind of respect it when somebody else does it. I'll be like, ah, you cheeky bugger, you. You're doing what I'm doing, you know what I mean? But yeah. I, I think it does look super goofy and kind of, like, broken, like, just the look of it. So, like, yeah. if it was present, it would have to be way smoother, and it, you can't, I guess, abuse it in that same fashion. I just like the, the idea of being able to, in a clutch situation where you would normally fall off, being able to kind of have that second wind, uh, that aspect is kind of cool and unique. To Halo, interestingly, because yeah. no other game has a clamber mechanic that's that flexible. Like, you can't just drop back off a ledge <laughs> conveniently in Apex and then just suddenly clamber. I, I mean, you might be able to, but it's not. It's way more difficult. It doesn't work in the same way. Like, COD, people aren't doing a drop back and, like, clambering back yeah. up and stuff. Well, that, I mean, I would say even, like, the Apex example that you threw out, I think that's a good example of, like, how a clamber should function. Like, you can use it to get up, but you're yeah. stuck in that animation, like, yeah. getting up. And, like, you're not shooting, but you're also not able to just drop in bed drop out drop in drop yeah. out and it's just kind of yeah like you like you said it yourself you think it's a little cheesy but like you enjoy it and it's yeah i think there could be a better utility of uh like for example i've talked about this a few times like even button combos may be coming back or something to that extent where it's right. like right i feel like the effort to accomplish those goals with these like sort of abilities is so small compared to what the result can be uh, I talked about this before in my stream, and you obviously know this with Smash. And it's like for certain abilities and certain things that you can accomplish, that like the high risk, high reward, or very low uh, risk and low reward, but like they can be good for setups and accomplishing certain goals. Yeah. But it's like I made the sort of analogy like you don't get a uh, like a F smash at the same speed of like a jab. Sure. And you don't, you know, because then it's like at that point, it's like the jab's useless. Why do anything else but F smash? And uh, obviously, you can get right. semantics of like setting up combos and stuff like that. But it's like there needs to be some sort of balance. And it feels like with abilities like that, there's no balance to it. You just mm-hmm. kind of get to do it. And the person on the receiving end has no uh, real way to deal with it unless they like play it perfectly. Yeah. And it just feels like it's a cop out at that point where you yeah. get to do things for free with no drawbacks. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I, I completely see your side. Uh, and I think that, yeah, there is a lot of value to that. I feel like, I guess, if it's not there, then, yeah, replace it with something else that is technical and, and intricate in that way, because that's what I'm looking for when I play these games. And I know that's yeah. something that's more of a niche market. Not people, you know, not everybody likes button combos and fancy, you know, movement things like that. Um, but hopefully that stuff is present in the game. They're thinking about things like that. If it isn't, you know, going to be in Clamber. Clamber, like you said, with Apex, with COD and other games, it also has become this kind of natural aspect of gaming, like the evolution of gaming, adding sprint, yeah. adding the Clamber, just because mm -hmm. when you jump at a wall and you can't interact with that wall or ledge in any way, it does look kind of silly and like kind of old, and, you know what I mean? Like an mm -hmm. old classic game. Um, so I, I kind of get from like a modern perspective why they have it. And Apex has this cool thing where you just hang yeah. There, you just sit there and you just look at shit <laughs> and decide if you want to come up. Yeah, um, their, their clever mechanic is very, very, yeah, cool, very good. I like, I like the way they use it. Yeah, so I mean, I think it does have some value. I feel like I, I personally like it a lot more than the sprint mechanic. Um, but yeah, I'm curious to see how they go there and whether or not they can have it without removing this concept of momentum and maintaining your gun, you know, always up and ready to go, yeah. kind of balancing things more in that way. Also having the information of what Clamber was capable in Halo 5 and maybe taking that into the next Halo game uh, to balance it better. Yeah. Um, now, I also put sliding here because without the sprint, you don't have the slide. Uh, sliding is cool, um, but it doesn't really get used in the way that it does in games like Apex where you're shooting as you're sliding and it's yeah. like kind of this sick aspect to your movement. Sliding more so seems to be used as like, a way to juke your opponent at the start of a fight or get out of a, a situation that you made a mistake in rather yeah. than it's like kind of something that you do like while you're shooting. Once again, it's just another one of those. I what mean, do you think slide? slide's main objective in Halo 5 from the spawn of it is to thrust slide. A mechanic right. that was never intended for the game, that's what like sliding is mainly used for. Of course, I do it too where I'm sliding around corners. Yeah, that's exactly. okay. I think, I thought about this more recently. I think like thinking back to like the balancing of these sort of uh, utilities, um, sliding could just be something that's a little bit more committal. Like you have to be stuck in that animation a little bit longer. Right. And maybe you can't constantly use it, or you, or maybe we still have the same sort of slide we have in H five, but you can't. You can only do it every once every like uh, four or five seconds or something. I don't know. Mm, uh, but yeah. so it's just the. It's another one of those things. It's just. I don't know it. The outcome of what you can use it for. It's just like there's so little effort. You press a single button, and yeah. you get a lot out of it. Yeah. Um, I just really hope that if there's a thrust and there's a slide in the next game, it's not gonna function like health thrust sliding is. In yeah. Halo, I. It's never meant to be in the game, and uh, at least for that aspect of it, if they keep them both, please for the love of God, do not have thrust sliding. The idea. Or, of, yeah. Uh, never Sorry. mind. What was that? I was gonna say, or if thrust sliding is in the game, at least make it intended, because. The maps sure. themselves weren't created with that in mind, and it really did break the meta of the game for Halo 5 and how it developed for the entire three years it was running. Right, when you have an ability that kind of propels you across the map at a way faster speed, it does kind of mix things up as far as, like, balance in the mm -hmm. game. So, yeah, I don't really know what to say about it. Like, I don't hate it. I like the mechanics and how they work in Halo 5, but I understand how it deviates from Halo, you know, as a yeah. as a title classically and, and just kind of how the game flows and works, the idea of setups <laughs> and power weapon control and how all of that is kind of like falls apart when you have uh, one individual who can do so much and can get away with so much. It's like, oh, you know, in certain instances, power weapon and map control doesn't really matter that much anymore when one guy can slide in and slide out. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. It's it's like kind of a really tough situation because I, I still get 
like I, I get that thrill off of being able to hit all of these mechanics and combine them all together and make it all work in a seamless way. Um, yeah, I don't know. And if you don't have sprint, which is the one that I don't think needs to be there, how do you have slide, right? So yeah, how I mean, do you, you don't slide. Yep. Yeah. So unless you have some sort of a gradual momentum increase, which is one of the ideas that I was thinking about how they could try to like revolutionize core gameplay without sprint is like if you're moving forward and you don't break your movement by stopping or bumping into something or whatever, that you get a bit of a speed boost, kind of a, a reward for keeping your momentum on the map, uh, which, yeah, like uh, maybe that would be a thing or something yeah, that was kind of. Yeah, could that turn into a slide? But then that would be that could provide a whole new, you know, slew of difficulties on like maybe I just wanted to crouch out of my, you know, yeah. faster movement rather than slide out of my movement. Anyway, so a whole other thing. Uh, curious to know what you guys in the chat are thinking. If you have any questions or or ideas related to this later on, uh, we could still have a lot to talk about. We might might be here a while, guys. I'm sorry. Um, and yeah, and then we have good mechanics as well. So this is stuff that that people generally think is better for for Halo. It didn't really um, uh, like it's more for the most part. They're very enjoyed uh, aspects of the game, like stabilize, for example. Yeah, uh, I think stabilize. People agree that it's a, a really cool mechanic. It works well competitively, and it's a pretty enjoyable one to use. Uh, what do you yeah. think, stabilize? Yeah, I mean that is a per uh, stabilize is a perfect example of something that I already mentioned. It's something that is new. Like I. I can't think of any other game that has a stabilize in it, and it just adds that sort of like obviously being at like a higher point in fights is uh, very interesting. Sometimes people can do like peak shots in other games where they like yeah. jump and shoot shots, but it's like there's never been that ability in any other game. It's like that's why it's a good idea. That's why I think it's something that is useful. It is new. It is innovative, and it's not broken. You can just jump up, stabilize, and it hovers you for a few seconds. Like that's yeah. very very uh, niche. But it's like, that's what I think ability in Halo should be. It should be something that can be used in very specific circumstances to give you that sort of slight edge. But it's right. not something that is overused. Like, you don't see somebody stabilizing every single fight. Like, no. Not, no, no pro players really do that. Like, there's sometimes where people mix up and do it. It's interesting to see that. But it's not something that's very meta. And that's yeah. why I think ability, or what I think usually abilities uh, tend to, should should generally tend to drift towards, for Halo at least, in the competitive realm, is to be something that is useful but not overused. That's how I feel like Stabilize uh, is and should continue to be if it's an infinite. Yeah, Stabilize does seem like a very fun, well-balanced mechanic. I mean, if you are stabilizing, you get shot once, you're popped out of yeah. it too because of the D-scope, which I think is so cool. And there's like nuance to the Stabilize where if you time it, you know, at the, the apex, I guess, of your jump, you time it perfectly, you go higher in the jump. Uh, or you mash crouch and you maintain the peak height yeah. and stabilize instead of gradually fall. So there's like little elements to it that make it so, you know, like interesting and unique in that yeah, way. Yeah, so even think... those little things, it's not like it's broken. Uh, like you really, you really see those moments come out. Like if I were to compare it to clamber, it's like if you're in a fight at like the pro level and, and somebody's clambering and using it, like people are going to use that every single time and it's going to be so useful and they're not doing yeah. too much. But compared to stabilize and somebody's taking an angle with a sniper, and they're like spamming crouch and stabilize at the same time. It's like you really don't see that that often. But when it's used, it's used right. It's like you can really understand like, wow, OK, that was pretty cool. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. But it's just something that is. Um, like I said, it just goes back to like it's useful, but not overused. And I think that's what balances out a comp halo utility like that. Yeah, and it, it kind of plays into the idea of map control, power weapon control, without throwing a player across the map or anything. It's like a subtle change. And if, if you have less mechanics, kind of a more simplified slate, 
as far as uh, how things work, then stabilize gets to shine even more. Like using it at a critical time is even more valuable or holding yeah. that spot and, you know, like getting a specific angle with stabilize or like popping it in the middle of a battle to, to hold high ground for a second and just kind of choke, make a player choke or something like yeah. it. There's cool uses of it that don't really get seen as much because you've got such a dramatic thrust or you can, th you know, yeah. sprint slide jump out of the way. Uh, yeah. The next one is thrust, by the way, which you said for the most part you enjoyed. Yeah, I would say around or it is very well rounded and mm -hmm. for the most part i would say and the one thing i don't like about it of course is like the thrust slide combo but that's more so not on thrust and the, the other abilities but uh, as well as just the jump thrust i think is it's where it reached that point where uh, it became overused like jump thrusting in a fight like mm -hmm. jumping right and then thrusting left like or right, vice classic. versa it's yeah. just like that is what you do yeah, strafe, and strafe, I think, strafe, jump, thrust. Every yeah, time. pretty much. Pretty yeah. much. It's okay to have that like usefulness, but I feel like it's just it has reached that it reached that point so early on. It's like everyone is doing it all the time, and I think it's just because it's so useful. It's not mm -hmm. as balanced as like I think the thrust on the ground is how it should like the kind of distance you should be getting in the air. Mm -hmm. I feel like in the air, it just it kind of does a little too much. Right. Um. So it's just like that's the only thing I would really balance. Besides that, I think thrust is pretty good. Yeah, I was talking about this on my live stream. Batchford chimed in saying it'd be cool if the thrust was a little bit less powerful and it kind of worked itself into the strafe a little better, where the strafe was kind of more the focus and having a really nice strafe was more important. Your strafe yeah. was a little more dramatic, maybe a little faster. And then the thrust <laughs> gives you a very quick, short momentum shift. So you go from your strafe yeah. and you just pop out to the right, like really quick, a short burst. Uh, and it can be used in that clutch scenario to get, you know, that uh, get behind a guy or, or, you know, dodge a shot, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, it's not necessarily propelling you across the map and yeah. allowing you to completely change your location in a matter of seconds. Mm. Um, yeah, so that that's kind of an interesting thing too. Um, but yeah, I think they, they generally have a pretty good thing going with the thrust, and I feel like the thrust is kind of unique more so in the abilities than just being able to, you know, just hit that yeah. button. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. very well balanced because you can only use it every four seconds, And it has I a cooldown. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's like, stuff like that is what I want to more see if they're going to add more abilities uh, yeah. in the future. It's like, they need to take notes from what they did, I feel like, from Thrust and Stabilize, primarily. Um, yeah. And just try and balance them out as well as they can. Obviously, no one's going to be, not everyone's going to be perfectly happy with how anything turns out. That's just going to be natural, but at least for competitive, for us. Um, and it, it, that's the thing, too, coming back to, like, competitive and casual. Uh, I feel like some of these nuances, whenever I bring up these, top, like, these topics, people are like, well, what about the casual people whenever you bring up these things? It's like, a lot of these people don't know about these these sort of texts that are involved. Advanced that's use involved. of everything. Yeah. yeah. So it's just like these small sort of details, as long as it's applicable, like as long as you have a thrust in Halo 5, it's like that person's just going to use thrust, but the different capabilities of thrust that we can use in Halo 5, not every casual player is going to be able to even uh, involve themselves with. So mm -hmm. it's like these, these slight things are for comp players, and as long as we can have some sort of say and some sort of uh, input on that, um, I really hope that we can find a good balance for abilities in the future. Yeah, good point, for sure. Um, the last one I have here is spring jumping, and I feel like spring jumping is probably one of my favorite uh, aspects of like the the slate uh, that's available, because it doesn't, it doesn't add anything. It's just a very unique halo mechanic that's been here for a very long time. It gives you that slight boost in your jump, and it's very difficult to pull off. I think it'd be sick if spring jump was still in the game, and they, they fully 
kind of uh, they backed Spring Jump because they never talk about Spring Jump. Nobody ever yeah. talks about its presence or whether or not it's in the game. Somebody just figures it out. It'd be cool if uh, 343 was fully aware of its presence in the game and sort of, you know, made that one of its main competitive co mechanics that was like mm -hmm. still very difficult to do. Maybe give you like one more frame in your window to pull it off than, uh, than yeah. Halo 5 because it's a little bit tough in Halo 5. Um, but yeah, just tiny, tiny bit easier. And I think it would be such a sick uh, addition to the uh, the lineup of like what you can do in the game. Yeah, I mean, um, for the for the most part, spring jumping uh, as a just a built or as a capability of showing your technical skills, I think is okay. Mm -hmm. uh, I've said it before. I just think the combination in Halo Five of being able to spring jump, and then of course the exploit of using the scoreboard and whatnot, stuff like that can't that can't be future. there. Yeah, Cannot exactly. There. So it's like yeah. things like that can't exist. <laughs> um, if there's going to be such things as like spring jump and whatnot. Uh, yeah. And then just the spring jump clamber for so many things in Halo 5. It's just like it's, this kind of goes back to like that thrust slide mechanic. It's like the game, the meta, at least for comp, and obviously people watch comp. A lot of people started implementing like doing a spring jump up to top tower from tower right. one to tower two on rig. Right. Uh, as an example, it's just like those things were never intended and it's like the whole core of halo and being in a height advantage and having power weapons in these places it's like it's out the window this isn't yeah. this isn't what competitive halo was ever meant to be now you have these things that are completely unintended controlling the flow of the game yeah. and not just by a small margin it is very big when somebody is top tower with a sniper and you can just spring jump use a scoreboard glitch to top tower and yeah, yeah. maybe they're looking at one of your teammates and you just get a free back smack. It's like, that took, especially if you're using the exploit, obviously I can't respect it at all. Yeah. Maybe, maybe if, like, uh, Shotzi, he doesn't really use the scoreboard, but he still has, like, a sort of setup to make it easier, but still, it's just, like, having these exploits mm. really, really makes it hard to defend it, uh, in my mind. So, uh, as long as they can make sure that these aren't possible, like, these sort of exploits aren't possible, then... Yeah. I, can, I can respect it a little bit more and see them backing it. I, I can understand that. Yeah. Now, kind of moving this forward, let's say they do simplify what's available as far as mechanics in this game. How do you continue to revolutionize the core gameplay without all of those, uh, you know, abilities and, and uh, yeah, like sprinting and, and things like that? Uh, I, was, I have all these points here. Uh, for example, changing the environment around the player. So things like lifts and man cannons and traps and stuff like that, which we've kind of experimented with in the past, any idea on whether or not stuff like that kind of uh, would mm -hmm. revolutionize gameplay in some way or like a certain area of a map? Like, you know how in an airport when you get on those uh, conveyor belt things that like shoot you forward faster? Mm -hmm. If they have little things like that in certain, I don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm thinking like, could they add other elements to the maps themselves? Off the top of my head, I really can't say if I can really think of anything like that. Um, I really don't know. I really, I really don't know. I, I can say at least for in Halo 5, stuff like that with like grav lifts and just lifts in general, I think they need to make sure that it's like... My whole thing with comp at least and just Halo multiplayer in general is being balanced. And when you have such things as lifts in Halo 5 and almost every single lift you go up, you can just clamber uh -huh. off of some like thing next to it. I think it's just like it's just sort of weird to me that you have these objects in here, but it's like you really have, there's like no commitment to what you're mm -hmm. using. So as long as like, if you have these sort of speed boosts on like the ground or something around these areas or these traps to set, it's like there has to be some sort of takeaway. Like obviously you get this advantage, but it's like what 
is the disadvantage for utilizing these things. Yeah. And maybe depending on it, like power weapons, obviously, like if you have a power weapon, there's a real disadvantage to uh, using them. But uh, things like that, that are so frequent or would be so frequent around the map, uh, they can't be just exploited and overused like that. So sure. I, specific examples, I really can't. I really can't think of anything. Honestly. Yeah. It's kind of uh, a tough one. I, I will say one maybe example that plays into that that's already been in Halo for so long is like barrels. Uh, barrels shouldn't be a thing in the way that they're in Halo 5, I think. Mm. So as like an environmental kill, have them in the game, don't have them respawn, or don't have them in high traffic areas. Like, for example, in Empire with like the barrels right next to camo that kill you through a wall. It's oh, just right, like, right. I'm getting yeah. punished from a guy that just spawned who gets to shoot a barrel through a wall that just killed me or on a, like a, most of the snipers on most of the maps have like a barrel right next to it and it's just stuff like that it's like i'm being punished for being the better player or being the better team that like got this advantage and that's yeah. like sort of like the the power struggle of halo 5 that i feel like was lost and so many things are just given to you or just yeah. are allowed to occur with no drawbacks so uh as long as it's balanced and I don't know. It'd be something that I have to see. I really, honestly, off the top of my head, I can't. I can't think of really any. Yeah, examples. it does kind of bring in new problems for sure. I mean, like a good example of, uh, you know, I guess a, a bad use of this uh, this kind of innovation is H two A, like in uh, in lockout, uh, shooting the ceiling down on top of a player, which is just kind of silly, you know. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's not really like, any skill involved. In yeah, that that, that sort of same aspect, I feel like, is applied to like ground pound, for example. Mm. It's just like you kind of just do it. You can mm -hmm. shoot. You just press the trigger one time, and now you get maybe a free kill if a guy's on who has a sniper up there or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The same yeah. thing, like with ground pound, for example. There's no real drawback to it because it's so easy to do, and especially it's the so respawns. Quick. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Imagine being yeah. under it, and then it res like whatever the the ceiling resets itself, and it wasn't like that when you you got there in the first place. It's like how do you know when that's going to happen? And, exactly. So it's just yeah. uh, those things have to be taken into account, and yeah. And uh, I really, really, just in, for as a competitor, I really hope we get to have a lot more input with sort of the balancing of things in the future. Yeah. yeah. That's my hope. Um, you also have things like equipment and picking up abilities as power-ups power or weapons. So Halo Reach, for example, you could pick up a jetpack. Is that kind of a weird uh, thing that they should look back into? Or <laughs> um, hmm. It's hard to really say. Uh, stuff it's a huge like advantage that. to one player. But... Yeah, it, it, but like for example, I can at least respect the Halo Reach jetpack because it's just like you kind of go up, you go up pretty high, and like you uh -huh. can lay down shots. But it's like now the entire team can see you, right? And like you still have to drop down. There's no like instant mechanic it's to get you back to the ground instantly. Yeah. It's just like it's like stuff like that. Like that's a drawback that I think is balanced. And of course, it's a pickup on the map. Like mm -hmm. you have to go to a location, you have to at least make it to there, right? And then you pick it up. It's not, just, it's not, yeah, exactly. It's not just there off the off the rope, just ready for you to use, and you can mm -hmm. use it constantly. It's just like, that's what I think is good about Halo, at least with the sort of pickup system, picking up power-ups, picking up power weapons. It's like, that is the power dynamic that always is in Halo, and I feel like has been taken away with certain abilities being implemented with Halo 5 in particular. And it's just like, I feel like that really was the big draw of Halo was, <clears throat> especially for competitive was like you have the height advantage you have right. like the team shot you have the power weapons like you're probably gonna go on a run right now and like you're you don't even have to outplay the team it's just like you made the better play earlier on and now you're rewarded um 
but more so recently with the more recent Halos, it's just kind of like you have utilities that can instantly get you back in the game. Sure. Even though the team just made a great play. It's just like stuff like that. It, it, it can't be like that, I think, for, for multiplayer in Halo. Right. The last one I'm going to touch on here is instead of having more depth in what's available in movement mechanics, maybe trying to find other features present like in the shooting and the gunplay, like, for example, button combos like the BXR, BXB, or the double shot. Uh, a lot of us like this stuff. Is there any way that they could kind of, you know, bring something like that back into the game as an alternative to having a, you know, an advanced movement mechanic? Yeah, it's really, I don't know, it's really hard to say. I, I feel like those sort of combinations, especially with like Smash and like older Halos, it's like those, all those things were so unintended. And I feel like that's why it's yeah. so, <sighs> it's hard to, really, I don't know. Like, it was so unintended, it's like, I feel like it's hard to craft those sort of uh, abilities and those sort of aspects of the game and, like, intentionally put them in. I don't know. It's, it's really interesting how, um, yeah. Go, so, go on. Sorry. Just, uh, it was so praised, though, by the competitive community, though, when those aspects of the game were found out, kind of like how people found out the Wave Dash in Smash Bros. Melee, um, but... For Halo Five, didn't people didn't quite have the same feeling? Like I mean, I mean, Halo Five does have its following. People <laughs> love the intricacies of the game. I guess it's just the issue is that Halo is no longer new. It's not a new thing. But in Halo Two, it was all new. The whole concept of what worked and what didn't, didn't, uh, yeah. you know, was very different. So people, I guess, were more open minded to those kind of in intricacies. It's it's interesting. Yeah. Um, One thing I will say about the intricacies, like you talked about, I think it's like there's still such a drastic difference from like, for example, Smash to Halo. It's like those top players are mashing buttons, but they know what they're doing, but they're mm. they're going to town on their controllers. And it's like when you thrust slide and when you're using ground pound to just like get to one, it's like you're, it's a single press of the button or it's like just two buttons that are right next to each other that you're pressing. It's like there's no effort. There's no drawback. It's just you get it done. It's, a, it's there for you to use. And there's no... I don't know, because it's like you don't wave dash and in Smash, and like you can just do it. Like it takes a lot of practice, I imagine, and to then use it properly. But it's like anybody can thrust slide in Halo Five. Literally, once anybody. you once you get it down in Smash, it's like breathing. Same type of thing is, I mean, thrust slide is much easier. There are things in Halo Five that are very difficult to pull off, like a spring thrust consistently or whatever, depending on, yeah, on the those scenario. Are a little more intricate, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the different thing with melee though is it's a one v one game, and giving as much yeah. power to that individual player as possible is a is it an exciting thing rather than like does this work within the team environment? Yeah. That's the issue. If Halo is all about one v one, I think Halo Five would be freaking amazing because the Halo Five one v one is wild. Like I don't know if you've mm -hmm. seen the stuff bounds doing when he's like up and down the top and the bottom of the map constantly and it's all about who's the best individual player but uh that kind of stuff doesn't really fly uh the same way when you're trying to have four players versus four players in a specific yeah. map and have it have things balanced effectively so that yeah. like i said the power dynamic of having what is halo as in yeah being in a higher position being you pick up power weapons and power ups yeah it's like those are the those are the things that em uh, embolden like the individual players on the team, but it's still a team game. It's yep. Like you can get a sniper, but it's usually, typically in Halo, like you still have to play around a sniper. The sniper has to play around his teammates. It's not like it's a 1v4 and the sniper just instantly wins because he has a sniper yeah. or has an overshield. It's like that guy can get melted if the the team can yeah. uh, sort of work together on that. But it, it's just some of the things are still so low commitment and low uh, drawbacks of utilizing them in halo 5 that i feel like it really takes away from what halo is and i feel like that is
very much a reason why people have sort of lost interest in Halo. Right. Yeah. So we will move on from this one. This is probably the hardest one to kind of talk about and really like nail down specific answers on. Um, I think the biggest thing here is just having an early beta as early as possible and just letting us kind of play around with stuff and taking, you know, into consideration feedback and making those tweaks. I don't think everything needs to go. It doesn't need to reset itself to classic. I don't think that's the answer. I think that they've uh, they've introduced a lot of really cool things that can work very well if tweaked. And, uh, you know, kind of part of an ongoing process with the community and there's that we have that communication. I, I think that they can they can create something really special. So it doesn't necessarily need to go all the way back or charge forward ahead. I think it's going to be, you know, a lot about how we can connect between the developers and, and the community and uh, and, you know, get that best message across uh, based off the playtime, based off the beta. Yeah. Um, yeah, so moving forward here, we've got things like indicators. Uh, so I've got weapon spawn pads, timers, Versus like the Halo 3 style where there's no timing, sorry, there's no uh, beacons or whatever that tells you where the weapons are. uh, And it goes even a step farther by having things like dirtying weapons that changes it up. I feel like there's a good middle ground here. I think you agree. Um, Yeah. um, I think such things as like a universal timer, for example, like how Halo 5 is with most, or with all of its power weapons is perfectly fine. I think that works well. I just still think the idea of weapon placements and like it displaying like blatantly to the people in the game. Telling you multiple times 30 seconds. Yes, exactly. Like 30 seconds, 15 seconds, 5, 10 seconds, whatever. It's just like, do I really need a countdown? It's like that, I said in the video, it just takes away from what a team can accomplish when it's done for them. Mm -hmm. And the that just goes back to what we were talking about or what I was talking about before. It's just like there's so little or so many things are just kind of done for you. Or if you have to do something, it's not that difficult. And keeping track, like keeping track of power ups, like if you notice in a pro game, like a lot of teams like forget about stuff in the heat of the moment. Like that's what can yeah. make for exciting games when people lose track of things and they kind of have to fend for themselves and figure out and keep track of it and make a mental note. And then you can, as a player as well, you can sort of appreciate the gameplay you're watching when you're like, man, I can't believe that he remembered that Cyber's coming up right at this time and right. in this heat of the moment where two of his teammates are in this fight and he should be helping them, but he picks up a sniper and then cleans up three people or something like that. It's just like it, those sort of moments really can, that's what I feel like can show like individual plays as well and just sort of the skill and mentality of players as individuals and as teams uh, can keep track of that sort of uh skill in the game i think it really is a skill in halo 3 to keep track very much keep track of the weapons right and it really changes the game when you dirty a sniper in halo 3 and people like it's 40 seconds gone by when they thought it was and they're still getting sniped yeah. by the opposite team and turns out some guy had the sniper the entire time and now they have yeah. two snipers on the opposite team it's just like but the sniper's coming up in 15 seconds and people are like all right sniper's coming up in 15 seconds we can just walk there uh-huh yeah and it's just done for them Yeah, I mean, there is still the battle that kind of commences around the weapon, winning the weapon, all of those things. I understand from an accessibility standpoint why it's there, right? You have new players coming in the game. A lot of them are solo queuing. These types of indicators help people understand how the game works, how to play. So I get that. Um, And at the same time, I think that dirtying weapons, while it's sick (laughs) from a competitive standpoint, strategically, like it's awesome for myself as an analyst to be like, damn, he decided to dirty that weapon and that's how they won that scenario. But I don't think that it should continue in that yeah. way. I think it's, yeah, as cool as it is, uh, it just doesn't, it's it's a little too far, uh, too competitive for, I think, a lot of the, like, the idea of accessibility, new people yeah. getting in. Um, there's just too much to think about in that regard. Yeah, um, I think they need to find that middle ground where it's like, right. it's there, like, that weapon's so there, it's there for you to use, but it's like, yeah. it's not given to you, it's not literally 
fed to you on a silver spoon, and then it's mm-hmm. also not just like thrown at you in Halo Three, where you can't really tell. And then on top of that, maybe you pick it up at a certain time, and now it's like twenty seconds behind when it should be spawning. So I said it before in in the my wish list video where I think there could be a universal timer, just like how Halo Five is. However, weapon pads just simply are not there. Um, yeah. The, I mean, the battles will still commence, like especially good teams or just individual players can at least let their teams know like hey sniper should be up coming up soon it's eight minutes or eight minutes and 20 seconds it's coming up at eight minutes so it's yeah. like we can start moving here but that's that extra dynamic of somebody thinking that and not hearing it in their headset like sniper's up in 30. yeah uh, it's it's still something that can be appreciated i think and yeah hasn't been appreciated with halo 5. I wonder if there's a way they can kind of tinker with like more subtle cues as to when the weapons come up, like maybe the timer in the bottom of the screen, the moment that it pops, it flashes red for a second and then goes back to the regular color or something. It's like a tiny little indicator that like you could easily miss, but it's also available for you to kind of understand what's happening. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a good middle ground. I think, yeah, it's, it's very obvious and it's like, this is the weapon 30 seconds. I think they could kind of dial that back and, and still kind of retain some of that, that, you know, understanding, you know, when things are coming up and, and, uh, yeah, the, the, the skill that comes with those types of situations, power ups, I think they did really well where it is, it's timed and it's on pickup. So, yep. uh, yeah, so there's, there's, uh, there's depth to that. You briefly went over whether or not you think it should be picked up or if it should just be instant, like you walk into it and you automatically get the power up. Uh, you're kind of, I guess, indifferent about that. Yeah, um, yeah I, really, I really don't have any yeah. which way I feel more strongly about whether it's a, like Halo 5 or Halo 3, whether you walk through it or pick it up or press a button to pick it up. I don't really think yeah. it's that bad. Um, I will say I think the, I don't know, just as like a, as a player, I think it's kind of annoying having to wait after I pick up a power-up and right. I get it in like the clutch moment. And it's like getting on my chest and then it pops. Mm-hmm. Something like that is kind of annoying, but that's like kind of nitpicky. So I'm really mainly indifferent towards it. To be honest, what would be kind of sick, just from my perspective at least, is like if it was a pickup, but there was a specific button combo that you had to pull off that was kind of difficult to do, that, that had a very strict timing where you could immediately launch the power-up like and, and get the uh, the power for it. but it's something that I wouldn't realistically expect them to think about putting in the game. Yeah. But well, I mean, that's I what know they, they had in the a, beginning. They did, but it was a Spartan uh, charge, and it was like kind of uh, like most people would want a Spartan charge in and grab it. You know what I mean? It was yeah, a little well, too all you powerful had to do in that was regard. Melee at the same time of pickup, and you oh, got right, it. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That was it. But I mean, yeah. even then, like that's not really a button combo. That's just pressing yeah. right bumper or whatever yeah. your melee is and the pickup button. I feel like that's still not enough if you're really mm-hmm. trying to be technical. I think that's. That wouldn't be enough, but I I do agree. You make it a little it's, harder, or like tighter window timing or something. Yeah, yeah. that's that's just my really big uh, gripe mm-hmm. is like if there's gonna be things that are so powerful, like that 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 for example is a big game changer if you can get a power up instantly or yep. one second later in right. games, like in game time, like that uh, one second is an eternity sometimes. Yep. So that's a big difference. Now, if it's gonna make that big of a difference, make it a little bit skillful. And like require a little bit of the player to yeah exactly really get the full effect yeah uh, hit markers versus nade hit markers I'm gonna gloss over some of this stuff uh, mostly I think hit markers we said make sets just from like a server side thing like understanding when somebody shoots somebody that you have a, a visual representation of the fact that your shot hit yeah. um, nade hit markers give you a lot of information and uh, it doesn't need to be there I think it's uh, more powerful than necessary right yeah completely agree um, radar. Radar. So, 
I think the HCS radar currently in is okay. Um, <laughs> I'd be very much more open to just having no radar. Even if there is sprint, even if there's thrust, all those abilities. I just think, uh, I think people will fill, uh, figure their way out around the meta of having no uh, radar. And I think that would really, really add to the gameplay dynamic of just, just having that extra communication if you're going to know where somebody is. Or just being knowledgeable or being able to hear it yourself because you just know how to hear the footsteps or whatnot of other people. It's just, I feel like radar, it, it's in an okay place. So it's in an okay place. But I think it could be better if it's going to be, like, for competitively better, meaning I think some things could be, like, maybe even shots don't show up on radar. But, like, abilities, right. like thrusting, sprinting, maybe they show up, but shots don't. I think right. that might even be something nice. But uh, no radar is what I would say. For, yeah, for competitive. I think even with the way Halo 5 is now, no radar would still be fine, and the high-level players would know exactly what's going on. There's enough information there to tell you that, Yeah, uh, and it rewards that high awareness as well. So, yeah, um, but I also understand, yeah, like you're right, it is kind of in a nice place in that sense. Depending on what the next Halo is and what you can do in the next Halo, it might make sense to have a radar that only goes off for specific abilities or whatever it is, but uh, not necessary in competitive, mm -hmm. it seems. Uh, projectile versus hit scan. Uh, now, Projectile makes sense if if you're playing something like a BR, right? yeah. like a Battle Royale, but outside of that, do we want something like Hitscan? I mean, there's there's nuance to uh, the projectile <laughs> aiming in Halo 3, and that's something that was so special, special and unique about that title specifically was the fact that bullets don't hit immediately. You had to really understand the gun and how it works. Uh, what do you think of that? Uh, I just like think from a pure... A pure gameplay aspect, his scan is more enjoyable, just more gratifying. Like knowing I'm aiming at this person, I'm right on top of them, my shots are counting. Yeah. And they're hitting them. And obviously, there is that skill gap, and I completely respect like the skill gap and appreciate it for Halo 3. It's just, uh, I think that's like an unnecessary difficulty to implement, especially if it's like a decision to put in projectile rather right. than it be, somehow be some after effect. But uh, I would say hitscan is the way to go. And then have like the technical skills through abilities and through movement and maybe even some gunplay through some other like button combos or something like that would be more of the skill gap that is implemented. Yeah, it makes sense for a modern shooter. Um, but I think having a healthy balance of the two is kind of cool because Halo's always kind of had that. Like, yeah. even though it's hit scan, there's always been projectile weapons and the plasma yeah. weapons kind of, you know, fill that category. It would be cool if there was a plasma like weapon that was equivalent to that of a carbine or a light rifle or something, maybe a slightly more powerful, but it is projectile based. So you pick that it up cool. on the map and if you can wield it really well, then you mm -hmm. still land those shots. It'd be even, it'd kill you slightly faster than a yeah. VR. So you get a reward for wielding it well. I think that'd be kind of cool if they tried I will to... say one weapon in Halo 5 that is projectile is the charged caster. Honestly, right. if, the char okay. if the caster was like a charge shot only as a weapon, I think I could respect that weapon and see that as a weapon that like would be very skillful to see someone like snipe somebody across the map with a caster shot or something yeah. like that. To that extent, where it's just like, it's still not a hit scam, but whenever you snipe someone across the map with a caster, you're like, damn, that was a crazy shot. Yeah. Like, I, I can respect it, just like a cross map sticky in a way, but yeah. it's something that just adds a little bit more depth, something a little different, uh, just to kind of add to something new. Yeah, or something like kind of like a brute shot, but doesn't necessarily pop you backwards and like could totally move your player around and stuff. Like you can kind of continue moving and escape. Yeah. Uh, yeah, interesting. They could definitely work with stuff like that, too. Uh, but yeah, the core weapons, the BR, the Magnum, I think it just kind of makes sense to have the main one to be a hit yeah. scan. Yeah. Uh, 
Um, and then uh, I have the Magnum. So the thing is, is okay, sorry. So uh, starting weapons. So I feel like the most iconic weapon in the game, people can agree, is the BR. It just kind of makes sense for it to retake the pedestal as your starting weapon. Yeah. Though I like the Magnum a lot in Halo mm-hmm. 5, and I wouldn't want to see it completely disappear. How do you think they would be able to, I guess it's just a, a weapon on the map to pick up maybe? I mean, uh, to be perfectly honest, seeing the BR come back as the main weapon and then having the Magnum as a secondary, I think it'd be very well. But I would say the Magnum as like maybe the gunfighter. So we have the BR that's be like weaker. the better. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But something that can be like that, like that would be like the I don't know. I want to. I don't want to say cop out, but it's like in a necessary case where you're out of ammo or like you need to get a cleanup close range. It's like all right, well this pistol is gonna do work, but it's not as good as the BR. As long as the like the main primary weapon is a little bit better, I think that the pistol could do well and as a secondary. Yeah. Or and this kind of creates some difficulties in the balance category, but like what if you choose either Magnum or BR and they're perfectly equal in some way? I don't know. Um, that could definitely be interesting. Yeah. Um I really don't like as long as it's not like loadouts, like full right. loadouts like how Call of yeah. Duty is, I'm okay. Yeah. Um, that could also start diversifying roles. Maybe there's like a person that has a Maybe, pistol yeah. should, should be like that person should be more up on the map and they should be mm-hmm. the more aggressors while the person with the BR could be more mid to long range and they're kind of hanging back, providing support. Um, interesting. I think that could definitely be an idea. Um, but it still just goes back to that balance and uh, it, it would be hard to really say without playing the game and trying something like that out. Yeah. Um, I still think for comp halo though, the same loadout is usually what I would say is yeah, I keep it the static. go-to. Yeah. yeah. I do know that Gears of War kind of took a soft approach to it, but you press the D-pad and you switch from Lancer yeah. to Hammer Burst, or you switch from Shoddy to the whatever that pump action was. Yeah. Works. Yeah, yeah I, it kind of works. But yeah, I do think just kind of having the one weapon as the focal point makes sense. Uh, I just think the mag is still a lot of fun to use. Uh, but yeah, hopefully they find a good way to, to innovate that. Um, autos and their presence in multiplayer. I think autos can be in multiplayer, but they got to find a way to tweak and innovate uh, autos. Well, the way so. they put autos, I think they were, especially like a storm rifle, for example. Like a storm rifle. It's too powerful, yeah. It's too. It's like on the same level of, as like a Hydra. <laughs> and a Hydra is what's considered like, I guess, like the sec, like a tier two sure. power weapon. <clears throat> the storm rifle should be the exact same. And so should many other automatics. They should. It, I don't mind seeing automatics in comp as long as they're treated as actual power weapons, not like two or three of them on around or on or around the map, and they can come up every thirty seconds. Like they should sure. be on minute and then have timers, two minutes even for some of them if they're very good, mm-hmm. like the saw for example. <clears throat> but yeah, I I can definitely like I want to see di- like diversity in the exactly. weapons that we use. Yeah, just to kind of get a, a different feel to different maps and a different meta for each map, like that's good, I think. Mm. But the way they were in Halo Five, definitely not, and definitely spawning with an AR for comp, not good. Yeah, yeah, I think the biggest thing here, this all rides on how quickly they can adapt to feedback on these weapons. Like, I think that weapon diversity is going to be very helpful for Halo, and having that is important. But uh, if they include weapons and they're not well balanced, then just be there to you know to make those changes if necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yeah, so that's going to you know uh, kind of ride a lot on uh, how they decide to update their game and how frequently they do that. Um, the last one I have here is Spartans and Elites as starting characters. People want the Elites to come back. I agree they should come back, but in competitive play, I think it'd be a little weird. It'd be a little funky <laughs> to have a massive Elite versus Spartan, just hitboxes and stuff. Yeah, the only, like, I completely agree about it just being at least in matchmaking, but for comp, uh, the hitboxes have to be almost identical. Right. And that, obviously, compared to, like, how they look, 
I don't know if they can really accomplish that with like a normal standing up straight sort of Spartan always walking around or like a hunched over elite. Um, <clears throat> maybe they make them stand up a little bit taller and just more vertical like a normal Spartan. So sure. the hitboxes are very similar. Then as long as the hitboxes are basic are not basically, they are the exact same somehow, then I would say like it's okay. But yeah. uh, most likely not. Most likely not. It would still should be like Spartans. Yeah, I think the uh, the infiltration mode or whatever it was in Reach was kind of a cool way to introduce yeah, elites because they were significant invasion. Sorry, invasion. They were significantly larger. They were actual elites, mm -hmm. and they had their own kind of capability. I thought that was a cool kind of uh, way to try to integrate them into the game, have a separate mode for it. Maybe there's some sort of uh, you know mode that they're working on that does do something like that. Um, that kind of includes elements of you know other modern modes like battle royale yeah. and shit. Like that. Yeah. Uh, last one I have here is grenades. So there were we've seen a lot of grenades in Halo, uh, inside and outside of competitive Halo. Uh, a couple of them kind of got left behind, like the incendiary grenade or the spike grenade. Uh, we also had splinter grenades for a while in competitive play, and people hated those. Mm -hmm. um, I was thinking, what about things like smoke grenades and flashbangs? Do they kind of have a place, or nades that don't do damage but you know affect awareness and other things in the in the game? So what I would say with H five. As being the particular case is like there's too many grenades around the map in general whether it's a frag sticky whatever they come back uh, yeah that they're <clears throat> all over the place and they come back frequently so uh my suggestion was be would be make grenades better and make them less frequent mm. like maybe <clears throat> for example frag grenades can maybe just kind of stay the same like it's the typical like two start out for the loadout and they're kind of just like you can do a decent chunk of damage depending on like how you throw it sure. and where they land but like stickies or like flashbangs, for example, or smoke grenades, whatever. Like those are maybe even considered like true power weapon spawns. Like they're mm -hmm. on like a minute and a half, two minute timer in a very like uh, high traffic area rather than being on like, for example, like a splinter nade on an elbow for Coliseum. Yeah, right like, in your base, maybe. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like <laughs> right there. It's super easy. And at the beginning, it was a one shot kill if you just throw it in the general direction. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was ridiculous. so it's like if you have something that's that powerful, put it in a very high traffic area that you have to actually fight for it and it sure. turns into like a real power weapon and treat it as such even stickies uh i think stickies could take that same exact role where they're also in a more prime area where there's a lot more traffic but they're even better than they are before there's a it's larger blast radius maybe you get like three of them instead of two but like they they spawn every two or three minutes right and there's only one spawn of them there's no there's not like two or three of them around the map right um i think that could be a good solve I, I honestly hate how good and how frequent grenades are entirely in halo 5 uh, if i'm being perfectly honest i think they're just a little too overpowered and too frequent um yeah that's that's kind of like yeah on that so map placement is a really big part of it like you can have it there they can be powerful but just where you put them is so important recognizing their their use and that's going to yeah. come with the testing and stuff too um, and also just how many powerful things can you put in those high traffic areas? You only have so many yeah. high traffic areas in your map, too. Mm -hmm. So trying to figure out what goes where is going to be tough. Uh, yeah, that's that. why I mentioned as, like, grenades in particular becoming a true power weapon, mm -hmm. in, a, in a sense. Like, make them better. Like, they're already very good. Like, stickies, like, they they serve their purpose of sticking to a person and getting an insta-kill. But it's, like, make them maybe a little bit harder to use or, like, the pattern of throwing them is a little bit slower or something. I don't know. But... <laughs> Make them so that you have more. Like yeah. you don't get just two; you get like three or four, and they spawn every two or three minutes. And that's an actual power weapon that takes the place of a power weapon, but it's like more useful. I think yeah. that can be very interesting as a as an aspect. And make like maybe stickies even bigger or something. I don't know. 
Yeah. Uh, and yeah, Tony, I read your message. We are like past two hours in at this point. Um, I still have a lot more here. I don't know if we want to try to skim stuff or something. I don't know how you guys are feeling in the chat. Tony, I can't see the chat. Do you want to gauge the general yeah, interest of like of what we're talking about? If we should kind of just continue, it's good. I mean, I can continue at this pace, but I've got, so we have this and then I have ranking system and I have Halo Infinite Esports. Uh, consistent dev support we'll talk about, and then competitive game types. What should the big new mode be before we go into Q&A, guys? So I've got a lot of stuff I've written here. This is Saying, what my how are you doing? I was going to say my thoughts on this is we might do like one more subject and maybe reschedule for another sort of discussion. Maybe we can add even a few more topics for the next time because I have uh, somebody that's waiting on me. But Okay, that's totally cool. Uh, okay, so let's just kind of briefly touch on the Halo Infinite esports section here, because there's okay. one good point that you brought up is that you thought it should be much more international. Uh, there's a, a large focus on NA and the other areas of the world don't quite get that uh, that recognition. What do you think? Yeah, uh, absolutely. They need they need the exact same sort of uh, promotion and recognition and just treatment that NA gets. Obviously, yeah. like if like they're an NA company, like they want to uh, promote us maybe a, a little bit more, but like have the super major, the biggest tournaments held here maybe, but still just have like the like big enough tournaments, mm -hmm. like big enough finals around the world. And even like players from NA can go over like we did for London. Like that was awesome. It was cool. It was a great experience just to get to travel internationally for the first time. And it was still a big tournament. I think it was like a $50,000 or $100,000 prize pool. So it was big, but yeah. it was still such a... Uh, just for the <clears throat> sort of way the setup of the tournament was, like there wasn't that many teams there, but I think that just kind of goes with the representation in the EU in particular. It's not as frequent and not as uh, populated as NA is, but I don't think that's just because on the players' part. It's mainly because of how uh, non-frequent, how they, they, there's not that many tournaments to show up for at like yeah. EU and other countries. Yeah, and I'm thinking maybe like one of the big things that Halo 5 did on launch is said, we're going to have a massive tournament, $1 million prize pool, and it's going to be crowdfunded. It ended up being like over $2 million or something crazy yeah. for their first tournament, which is cool. But I mean, maybe it would have been better if they tried to split those prize pool resources yes. across different territories or something and still include the crowdfunding. And then maybe you have two separate million dollar tournaments, one in Europe, one in North America or something, or four or $500,000 tournaments. And you have yeah. more frequent events. You have more reasons to be excited and to watch and invest yourself in halo rather than just blowing all your all your cash yeah, in one place exactly um yeah, yeah so maybe just try to do something like that and yeah. like if they're having those those bold initiatives with their prize pool money just split it up a little bit more evenly mm -hmm. across different territories um another part of that was pc support is going to be a huge factor in tapping into these other areas parts of the world don't maybe have access to consoles and this game's coming out on pc so i think that's a big part uh you think crossplay should be in um absolutely i think crossplay should be in <laughs> however the one thing it should not be in is just ranked play. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's where it matters the most. That That's where, like, you'll see the biggest difference is, like, the best players in console and best players on PC. It's, like, I feel like there's still going to be that uh, large difference between PC and console. Yeah. However, in every other aspect, if it's not ranked, I would say, this is what I would say as well, maybe, uh, kind of, like, going back and forth thinking about it, I was, like, maybe just, like, the arena or, like, HCS ones, it could be non-crossplay and even other ranked could be crossplay, but... I would think maybe just social and other playlists in general should be crossplay and ranked could stay to your platform that you're on. That's what I would say. I actually think that it should be on every 
uh, it should be an option to include in every, like throughout the entire game. So you can turn it off, you can turn it on depending on the playlist or something. I think that would be kind of cool to see. I think something that people don't, well, at least I, I, I don't know how much of a difference it'll make, but I feel like the frame rate differences between PC and console right now create such drastic differences and advantages in gameplay, basically. Like, yeah. something I noticed recently is like, yeah, you know, controller has a bit of a disadvantage on mouse and keyboard, but we also have the disadvantage of the fact that we're only playing on 60 FPS games and mouse and keyboard players are playing on 240 FPS with like the smoothest, yep. buttery smooth gameplay. Yep. So something I realized recently is I've been watching CLG Nicewig, who's one of the best players in Apex right now. He plays on a controller, but he's playing at 240 FPS and his mm -hmm. gameplay is godlike. Watch this guy play. He's nice wig. He plays on controller, and his aim is amazing. He's like he's fast. It, it's crazy to watch. It's like he's playing on PC. So I think it would be interesting when we have the next Xbox with 120 FPS or whatever. Mm -hmm. If we can have a, you know, if we don't cap our frame rates, the controller versus PC war might actually come a little closer. I was about uh, to say, uh, consider. especially with Apex and like my experience with playing Apex with a controller and like even snipe down. Like we've, you're still able to keep up yeah with the players it's just when you reach that that's why i mentioned the point of like the best pc players the best console players i'm i mean i'm just gonna flat out say it like shroud is probably gonna dominate snipe sure. down most likely with the mouse and keyboard i would say probably like a 70 to 30 like sort of matchup mm -hmm. if i really would have put it like a number to it if i'm being perfectly honest but like yeah. that's the top to the top uh, on different platforms but i think it's just like that is the difference right there. Yeah. And when you're playing a competitive ranked playlist, I think it could be very, uh, it could also be cross-platform as long as like maybe the frame rate is capped to like 120 since the Scarlet will be able to right, uh, right. do that. Uh, and then maybe there could be a way where you just turn that function off, no cross-play, and you can play on whatever frame rate you want on PC with yeah. only PC players. Um, that's definitely, definitely interesting. Um, I still think there is just clear advantages like you sure. mentioned just from a technical standpoint of like what yeah. the devices can output yeah that and yeah the, the just the capability of mouse and keyboard there is a higher skill ceiling so it's going to be weird especially because i think it's still going to be playable on xbox one which clearly won't have 120 fps so i don't yeah. know what the heck they're going to do across xbox one xbox scarlet and the uh the pc like it just seems very difficult to navigate but accessibility is is paramount I think. it needs to be as accessible as possible uh, and that'll be very helpful for growing the game. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I won't touch on the consistent dev support. I think we all know at this point, just, yeah, just having like quick reaction to the needs in our community. They have a new forum now or whatever. The, uh, there's the insider program where you can talk and you can give feedback. Maybe having a subsection, like a, an area that's specifically dedicated to competitive play and giving certain priority weights to that. Um, and then... Uh, yeah, I mean, having some sort of a big new mode that I think takes into consideration the PC audience and invites them into the game, kind of like the Battle Royale in Call of Duty. Yep. Uh, just for the sake of time, though, I'm going to jump to the questions we have in chat, guys. Whatever chat questions you have, feel free to start asking them. I know we have a couple here lined up. Uh, it's Frosty DM says, saying, uh, who is your favorite mod, JK? Uh, but if there's a video you want to make, what type of video would it be? Uh, other games, Halo tips, etc. Another video I want to make. Hmm. That's really hard to say. It's like I can't really think of too much more than just the general tips on HCS and whatnot. I mean, just in general, I want to start doing a lot more collaborative efforts with other sort of uh, uh, other <clears throat> Halo, Halo players, whether yeah. it's comp or not, maybe just some more 
fun gameplays and fun sure. things to do. I think that's what I can look forward to in the future, maybe to do a little bit more. Um, <clears throat> that'd probably be my answer. Just more fun content rather than just HCS with uh, some other content creators. That's fair. Uh, Joy Slay says, what are your thoughts on matchmaking in H5, saying? Uh, I mean, thoughts on matchmaking. I've been very vocal about what I've thought in the past about how it's very unfair for me, uh, but I am like the top percentile, and so are some other players that are in like the champ or high onyx or whatever, and you're going to get matched. Uh, with people that are very much not close to your rank, but that's just the way it works right now with how, right. uh, with how few people are playing, and then on top of that, how there's there's so many more average like run of the mill like diamond around that range of players that's just like the average player yeah um that's just what you're going to run into that's and that's what i run into on the daily and, and i've started yeah. to come to accept those terms and accept that sort of way it is and that that's just the way it is yeah there's not much we can really do about it um i wish it was it could be more fair but it really just can't be yeah um that's not really anybody's fault it's just the way the game is right now yeah, the, the population makes everything super difficult. Uh, I think that Mankey's system for matchmaking could work pretty effectively if we had a large population. We just don't right yeah. now, so there there have been a lot of issues there. And it is hard to find games, which is unfortunate. But yeah, like you said, you kind of come to terms with it, uh, still dominating the playlist regardless. Uh, K Haas says, <laughs> uh, "What's what was your favorite event you've been to and why?" Say, um, <clears throat> favorite event has to either be MLG Orlando 2018 or um, uh, the DreamHack Atlanta 2018 as well. Between those two, obviously Atlanta, we got second place, which is my current highest placing so far. Nice. Uh, we could have taken it, but we, we definitely just messed up with the finals. But uh, Orlando was just, that's in my hometown. And that was our, <laughs> that was our first new team with me, Trippy, Ola, and uh, Boo Boo. So it was just very exciting going in with that team. And then we placed top three, which was like our highest placing, Joey and I's highest placing at that time. And we beat Optic 3-0. We got like the 3-0 sweep, which felt amazing because like I don't think any other team at the time had 3-0'd them. Right. And then <clears throat> we happened to lose to Splice at the time because they were a new, newly formed squad and nobody, nobody knew how to play against them, but they were very good. And, but we still had a great event. It was still a fun event. And those guys were great to play with. Uh, I can at least say that for most of the teams I've been on, or all the teams I've been on, I've had great people to play with. So it was a fun event. Yeah, I know a lot of people ask you about Ninja nowadays as well because you got the chance to play with him, but yeah. uh, you said he was just kind of another Halo pro at the time. Yeah, so, I mean, that, that's a fact. Like He was a Halo yeah. pro, and we were hovering around that like fifth, sixth, uh, that fifth to eighth, rather, like sort mm -hmm. of area when we were, uh, whenever that team was in effect. Um, and Tyler was definitely very opinionated, but he was also still willing to, he was a teammate. And so he was still very vocal on what his thoughts were and he was accepting, but, uh, yeah, yeah he was, he was still very hard headed, but we all are sometimes. So. Yeah. Understand it. I mean, he probably wouldn't be where he is if he wasn't the way he is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, brisket, uh, shy way. It is very important that you ask saying how he keeps his hair perfect for each stream. How do you do it? Uh, I just have old spice putty. It's like, uh, okay. it's not like, I, I don't know if it's considered a cream or whatever it is, but it's got a stronghold. I got a lot of hair, so I need something that's really strong. So that's what I use. Brisky, get out the pen and paper, man. Old Spice putty. It's, that's, uh, that's what you need to slick back your hair. Yeah, you got to make sure that you also put it in whenever it's... Is it 
It's, you don't do wet hair. That's the thing. Oh, okay, I, I was going to say is that you don't do it like post-shower. you got to dry the hair and then... Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's still post-shower, but it's basically, it's basically like dry whenever put it okay. in. Okay, yeah. nice. Uh, I got no aimbot. Please ask Saiyan if he's getting mistaken for the Halo 2 Pro, Saiyan. <laughs> of course. Not time. too often nowadays since I've actually been able to make my way into the higher or the higher place teams uh-huh. uh, in Halo 5 at least, but uh, at the very beginning, of course. Course, I was getting asked if I was FB saying, which idea isn't a bad thing to, to be mistaken. What happened yeah. to him? I mean, Ogre too basically just told me he just stopped playing. I think he just, uh, I think he told me that he just didn't want to play anymore, so he just stopped. Convenient for you. I mean, it would have been saying versus saying in the end. That would have been. Oh, tough. I mean, if, if he was still around, believe me, I would not have the name that I have. No, okay, interesting. No, no I would not be doing that. That'd be, I feel like that'd be disrespectful. You just make your point. name super saying. Oh yeah. You know. <laughs> like not, it, it, it's like guy. the same thing it's like if frosty like if new, a new frosty came in in halo 5 somehow while they were still frosty on tox or optic it's like they would just change your name something else right that would be a thing they'd probably pressure the kid they'd be like yo what the heck there's a frosty he's already like godlike at this game you have to change yeah name. i mean once you there's there, you have like a like at least for me it was like a build-up even though i still moved up quick in uh-huh. the competitive scene it's like i still had months to like I even thought about it before. I like thought I was like maybe I'll just change my name, and this was like right before I got on LG. Right. Um. But then I ended up like I was like no, it's like it's still me. Like I'm still saying, and the other one hasn't been around for so many years, even though he was still so uh, well known. It's just like I'm I'm the new saying for now. Like that that's me, and there might not, and I might be another one in the future, and I wouldn't mind that <laughs> if I'm not competing. Then why not? There yes. could be another one. The saying race continues. Is what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Somebody has to uphold the mantle. Uh, it's Prof saying, "Would you come and play some SWAT tourneys? I've never seen you playing SWAT, and many would love to see it." Actually, good question. Uh, I might. SWAT really is not my like forte. I'm not. I just. I mean, no respect to the the guys that enjoy it, but I don't enjoy it. Um, maybe in the future, but it might take a little persuading. I don't know what <laughs> would be there to persuade me, but. Right now, currently, probably not. That would be the best competition that you'd be able to find. Unless, I guess, you're in draft league or something. But I think that's where you're going to find Bound and, and Leche. And even Stress is kind of in that now. Like, a lot of the uh, the top players in Halo 5 are grinding the uh, the SWAT tournaments. So you might actually yeah. go up against some competition. A lot of a lot of players have actually been coming back recently and playing <clears throat> eights and twos. Right, I've seen that as well. Denoxide, and, and I saw Drock on last night. I hosted yeah. him right after, yeah. Yeah, well, I played with, like, Bound and those guys just the other night, and we had nice. a... I, I played my one series because they started really late, but uh, they, I'm in a chat with them now, and they're always talking, but I'll, I'll peek in to see if they're talking about eights whenever I'm streaming, so... Nice. <clears throat> those are going in... I, I think I'd like to get more into those as well, just for the quality of gameplay and yeah. high octane gameplay. That, that it's it's enjoyable. I, I really like it. Some good competition. Uh, it's Frosty DM saying, "Will you do a giveaway for HCS Grassroots Codes?" <laughs> Dark Knight, you've already been in my stream. I thought you noticed this, but there, yes, for those that uh, are listening, there will be a giveaway for the HCS Grassroots nameplate and BR skin. In my stream coming up, uh, what's today? Wednesday, Tuesday. So Friday, this Friday, there is a giveaway at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You already lined it up. Look at you. Yep, yep. I got the skins. I was like, all right, I'm doing this. So uh, stop on by the stream at that time, guys, if you want to get a chance to win, win the skins. 
not to take the spotlight off you, I also have some skins. <laughs> I just haven't figured yeah. out when to when to drop them, but uh, eventually I got to do that as well. Yeah, uh, I mean, honestly, I just like I got the email and I was like, all right, I'm just gonna do it next week. That's what I yeah. just don't just do it. Whenever you're on, or just like think like, when's the next time I'm gonna stream? Just like probably do that. That's what I'd recommend. And that's the best thing about your setup is you know exactly when you're going to stream every week. So it's like, okay, I'll just pick my Thursday stream and that's mm -hmm. going to be my giveaway stream. For me, it's like, I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know I if I'm going to stream Monday or Sunday this week. Like, I got to figure that out. And that's a big mm -hmm. problem right now. But yeah, that's a whole other thing. Um, but yeah, nice, nice to be, uh, nice to see you giving away that stuff. I got to do that with mine mm -hmm. as well. Uh, last question. Save case Slayer, uh, do you plan to compete at any of the smaller grassroots tournaments before Infinite comes out? Uh, so currently my stance on competing before infinite is if it's not h3 and it's like halo reach or h2a if they somehow get one of those games on and there is still enough money because i think at least with like those games people will at least branch out a little bit on who they're gonna watch stream and that's like really what my biggest thing is right now is like building that brand and maintaining the brand um and so many people are just stuck to the old names that are still around uh, granted, because like they know them as like the legendary Snipedown or whoever, right. Right. Uh, so it's like why not watch him instead of me, who was an H5 Pro. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, if there is a new game that has enough money and it has, it's not H3, that would probably be a yes. I would be competing, but yeah. it'd have to be special circumstances, like I said, because competing in tournaments that are maybe like 5K for like maybe 30, 40 teams to show up, it's kind of like. Uh, there's not much incentive to really do that instead of just grinding out the streams. Yeah, makes sense. I think it all kind of relies on what happens with MCCPC when this game launches, if they've got tournaments, if it's got a lot of excitement and people watching it and just viewership in general, like maybe yeah. a, a lot of more people will start uh, competing or uh, yeah, have, have more incentive to compete. Anyway, that does uh, close out all of our questions for today's chat. Thank you so much for joining me, Saying I know we got all these other categories we didn't get to touch on. Maybe I will have to bring you back and we'll talk a little bit more. Yeah, um, happy of to. Course, yeah, and, and of course, you also got your YouTube video as well, guys. A lot of this information I was, uh, you know, pulling off of Saiyan's YouTube video anyway. A lot of uh, it inspired me in general. So you guys can actually watch his video. He touches on a couple more subjects that we didn't get a chance to. Uh, and and yeah, thank you, Saiyan, once again for joining me. Great chat, as always. You're a well-spoken yep. guy. I love having you on here. Yep, and, always uh, good discussions. Yeah, man. All right, uh, well, have a good night, Alex. I'll, I'll uh, talk to you soon. Yeah, I'll talk to you soon, man. I'll see you around. All right, later. All right, guys. That closes our interview for now. Thank you so much for joining us. Of course, we have our giveaway as well. Remember, you have to type exclamation mark grassroots in the chat. You can get entered in the giveaway. It's probably already finished, but uh, there we go. We got it right here in the chat. Thank you, Tony. Uh, Della underscore, sorry, Della underscore wary with the win on the grassroots skin and uh, nameplate. Congratulations. Enjoy your goodies. That will close the show for today. Remember, guys, to check out the merch as well. Tony, you can throw up the merch. We've got our merch here, hoodies, T-shirts, galore. Anything you buy here supports the show, supports me as well. I would highly appreciate that. And that'll close the show. Stay tuned, guys. The VOD 